1: never good enough. It's just
2: ever good enough. Every time that the NCAA will change something, you know, like every time the NCAA will go and And change a rule that will better the opportunities for some of these, uh, you you know, obviously for for some of these athletes. It's interesting that coaches still find ways to complain. Like, for instance, in the NBA, I love the fact that these NBA players, like Jalen Crutcher, for instance, for the Flyers. And Obi Toppin did it last year. I absolutely love the fact that they are able to go test the waters in regards to go, you know, go to these workouts, go get, you know, work out for individual teams and get a grade and get evaluated and be told, actually, yeah, you know, if you came out, you would be projected to be a, you know, late first rounder, a mid second rounder, you know, I it doesn't look like you know you would be one of the top five at any position so I, I would really wouldn't suggest you coming out and risking it all I would go back but here's a, a list a program of what you need to work on um, if you want to you know get to that level I love that they do that that was something new it was you know flexible it allowed the athletes to kind of step out a little bit to go see what they need to work on and then come back I, you know so the NCAA who we you know we rag on all the time they do do things like that that make a lot of sense and I, I think it's pretty neat um and then in the NFL, it's the same kind of thing. And coaches complained and players complained before and then the you know, then the NCAA budgets on that and now it's still not good enough. Now Jim Harbaugh is coming out and he wants more flexibility for for NCAA college football players who leave for the draft, don't get drafted, they should be able to come back. And I'm not a fan of that. And the thing is is like there's a lot of flaws within the NCAA and how they rule things, but I think that that's one that they you know they've been a little bit flexible on there's opportunity where you can go and get evaluated and stuff and get graded and if you're not confident i mean once you commit you've committed Mm -hmm. i mean that that's just the end you know what i mean like by this point you're 22 years old or 21 years old you're an adult it's not like you're 17 years old making a tough decision that the ncaa needs to give these kids an opportunity to maybe make a redo you're 21 years old you're three years in college you should you know i don't think you should be able to come back if you've actually gone the full mile of trying to get drafted so, But I'm just laughing because, of course, Harbaugh, of all coaches, would say that. Harbaugh would say that because, of course, his players don't get drafted. Now, with that being said, they did have 10 players drafted, um, but all of those were coming in the later rounds, which the chances of them making teams are pretty slim to begin with.
3: I think that the NCAA does a lot, especially with basketball. Um, football is still a little up and down for me. I think there should be a way that the evaluation process can be a little bit better. I know they submit their tape, and then they get a report back and then you make a decision because like if you look at the national championship game like i think they got a people underclassmen have to like to that friday to make a decision about what they're going to do i think it should be a little bit longer and maybe even a situation where some guys that are eligible maybe they are allowed to participate in the nfl combine or something like that I don't think that does any harm, but you do run into tricky waters where you allow somebody to go through the whole draft process of potentially getting an agent, taking money, and then like, oh man, I didn't get drafted, or like you said, where does the line draw? Like, oh well, I didn't get drafted where I thought I was going to get drafted. I, they said I was going to be a second round pick. I ended up falling to the sixth That's round. That's a good point. Let me say, go no. back to school and be better. Nah, man. Like, nah. Let's. I am always about the athlete, but there is a line that has to be drawn in the sand where, like, look, man, you can't do go that far past everything to say, like, oh, yeah, I, I didn't know. Like, you do know because you, we find you a lot of information. So I think it just needs to be a little bit more clear, a little bit more lenient. But some points you can't just be like, oh, man, I didn't get drafted. I want to go back to school. Like, because at some point you are professional now and you have received other things that other college athletes didn't receive like the personal training and stuff like that on that's paid for by your agent and stuff like that a lot of these guys go to these camps in places like they as soon as their college football season is over they go to arizona and join these speed training stuff so what happens then you you've been training like a professional for four months and you still get drafted and then you're supposed to be allowed to be able to go back to school no that's not fair
2: However, if you go and read this article and go to ESPN.com, you'll be able to, to read it. You know, at length, and it definitely goes and, and explains in detail. There's many different proposals that he's issuing here, so it's not just that one that if you don't get drafted, you should be able to come back. Uh, he goes on to say that there are early this is Jim Harbaugh. There are early bloomers capable of competing in the NFL and earning a livelihood at an earlier age. The goal would be to create a scenario that makes adjustments for all current and future student athletes that puts the timeline for transition to professional football at their discretion. Now he's arguing that they should be able to declare for the NFL draft sooner. Um, and I selfishly, from a fan perspective, I do believe that what makes college football like you can honestly the reason college football is as big, if not bigger than the NFL. It feels at times, especially for us Buckeye fans and where we live. You know, if you live in Idaho or something, maybe you don't believe college football is as big as uh, uh, you know as the NFL. But I mean, at times when when things are rolling, when the Buckeyes are in the playoffs, that 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 high feeling you feel when they're in the playoffs, like. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, but you never come close to that during the NFL season. At least I don't. So it's insane. With that being said, selfishly, the only reason college football is as big as it is is because they are able to develop stars. Yeah, And they develop stars because... You have names that are around for years to come. Mm -hmm. Fans learn about these freshmen coming in, and then they see them come in as sophomores, and they develop, and then they come in their junior year, and then they either break out or they're, you know, fringe good, and then they come back for four You get to watch their journey. You get to kind of follow with them. That's why college football is so dang, uh, you know, special. Trevor Lawrence was a household name. Year one, Tua Tagovailoa was a household name. Year one, Justin Fields first year as a starter, boom, everyone in the country knows who he is. And oh yeah, you get to see him come back this year. Right. You get to see Trevor Lawrence again come back this year. Tua, you got to see him for three years. Like that's why. And Zeke was such, you know, using another Buckeye, like Ezekiel Elliott. You got to see him for because you get to see these stars for three at least three years. That is why college football is so big, is because there there's household names all over the place. Even if you don't like the players. Their household names. It, you know, you didn't like to a Buckeye fans didn't like to attack by low because he went to st- went to Alabama, <laughs> but you knew who he was coming into the season. College basketball, the reason it struggles and the reason it only dominates one month a year, it's because no one knows who the heck these kids are coming back the right. next year. You know, just when Obi splashes onto the scene and everyone in the country knows who he is, he's gone. He's doing nothing. He's done nothing wrong by that. I'm just saying, like that's why it's hard, you know, to stay on the map. You know, as far as national attention is concerned, football. That's what it is. Selfishly, I don't want to see players leave college football earlier. Trevor Lawrence would have been gone after year one, probably. Um, I'm not saying Justin Fields would have left after this year, but maybe. Um, You know what I mean? Like, I do believe that it would hurt college football in the long run if these stars were told, hey, you can leave right away. You can one and done if you want. One and done in football would be brutal. I think it would really impact the sport in a negative
3: way. I don't think so because I think so many guys would flame out so fast in the NFL. Like... You know, I'm a a person that believes that these guys can make smart, rational decisions, but we see guys every year that come out of school, and you think, why are you doing that? And when they get there, they flame out, or they don't get drafted, because, I mean, you look at how many underclassmen enter the draft, there's only so many draft slots. This isn't like basketball where there's so many other leagues paying. There's only two leagues that's paying you to play professional football. CFL and the NFL unless you want to count the arena league. like So I give you three. There's three leagues paying you to play football. There's only X amount of jobs. But in basketball, you got the NBA, you got the G league, you got so many overseas places you can go play to make millions of dollars. Um, Baseball has the same system. So in football, I think it's totally different. And when those guys roll the dice, I think there's going to be consequences to pay when you don't pan out and you don't make it. And I think that's going to be an alarm to guys that say, well, you know what? Let me stay here in college and get bigger, stronger, and faster and so I can be prepared for the next level and put on good tape. Because you're dealing with grown men, and, and we see pro bowlers, we see Hall of Famers get cut just like that. And they wouldn't have any hesitation of cutting those dudes. Or if you get drafted high enough, after your first contract, we're declining your fifth option. You're just going to be gone. Just like that, real quick. Trevor Lawrence coming out after year one. That would have been the year Baker won a Heisman. hmm
2: Would Trevor Lawrence have been dra- like if And he was one that said that they could. Andrew Luck was another quarterback that people believed after year one probably would have generated that much buzz. I'm saying I believe you would have been a first-rounder. I'm just curious, you know, how high. I I believe at that point you would start to see teams who don't need quarterbacks draft quarterbacks and send them behind. Like if you're the Steelers and and a freshman quarterback comes out of college, I'd take him. And you could develop him for two or three years. Um but right now, it's, hey, you know, you draft a quarterback in the first round, you're going to play, and there are already three years, at least three years of experience. You know, Justin Herbert, four years. Uh, you know, some guys are even five. Joe Burrow, five years in the league mm-hmm. because, you know, the transfers. So, it it's interesting, that they're being redshirted, I should say. Do you think a guy starting out of high school could make it in the NFL? No. I shouldn't say no. I mean, everyone's physically different. Um... I'm telling you right now, it comes from a selfish place inside of me that I do not want to see that happen. I like that it's three. Selfishly, I wish that college basketball was three years. I wish you couldn't go to the NBA until you were 21. I mean, can you imagine? Can you imagine how huge ba- – ba- let me ask you this in all seriousness. I think it would take a long time for basketball to ever overtake college football. But I do believe if you had three years of Zion Williams, if you had Obi Toppin coming back another year – if You know what I mean? If you had three years, uh, let's go back to the Buckeyes when they had Greg O and Mike Conley and those guys, can you imagine three years of that Thad 5? would have been awesome. It, like I'm telling you, like college basketball, it would rival college football as far as popularity is concerned. And it doesn't now. But college basketball is nowhere close to being as mm-hmm. popular as college football. It's popular. Um, it's popular in our area especially. Right. We're fortunate to have as many college basketball teams within an hour radius that we do. Um, but I'm just, you know what I mean? Like college basketball, if that happened, if those stars had to stick around for three years, basketball would be, I mean, college basketball would be insane. It would be insane. And I think it would rival college football as far as popularity. Three years of Zion, I'm telling you, that's about the equivalent to three years of a Trevor Lawrence or a Justin Fields or a 2 of Tagovailoa. It is nuts, and I think he's he would have been bigger, maybe. Like that's the thing.
3: Shoot, you think about Zion the way he blew out of those Nikes, what do you tell what do you tell him and his parents? Well, th- you, I mean,
2: that's why basketball wouldn't happen. But then again, you know, basketball. Though you see players that I, there are a lot of high school. There's a good amount of high school players that I'm not saying come into the league and dominate, but. I think that sport's easier to transition Absolutely. into. You're not putting your health at risk. You're putting your future at risk if you go and you stunt your development because you went to the NBA to chase money, as opposed to going to a college that will help develop your skill, talent, and overall, you know, knowledge of the game. Um, but in football, you know, you may uh, even a quarterback, you may know the game really, really well. But if you're physically not prepared to take the beating that you're going to take in the NFL, it's that can really do some some hurting to you. That's why you brought up Zion. That issue right there, the injury stuff, yeah. and that's why it would never happen. But selfishly, I would love to see three years of <laughs> the same rules in basketballs in football.
3: You know, they talk about Trevor Lawrence would have been the first pick
2: overall. I would take him that. over, uh, over uh, Burrow this year. I would take him easily over Burrow this year.
3: I'm talking about when he was a freshman. Okay. I'm not buying that, man. I'm I'm not buying that for one second. He, I mean, I think it showed this past season that he still had a lot to learn about reading coverages. And everything like that, like I just I couldn't imagine. I think you look at guys that only started two seasons. You look at Dwayne Haskins, you look at uh, Mark Sanchez, like the guys that really don't only have a certain amount of reps under their belt by like, reading things on a chalkboard. Are different from reading them on the field. Like reading coverage on the field is two totally different things. Like I would love for my quarterback to have as many reps as humanly possible, and, and see and learn the game from on the field. Like uh, a high school or well, one year out of college, I just can't see. It. I couldn't. I couldn't imagine that. I couldn't. I wouldn't have picked them over Baker Mayfield for number one pick. I'd have definitely picked. Oh, I would, I would not have taken Trevor Lawrence number one
2: over for one. That year would have been brutal, anyways. That year, you had Sam Darnold, whoever won, including most Browns fans, and I'm not going to lie, including me, felt the Browns should have taken Sam Darnold number one at that time. I'm still fine with them taking Baker, by the way, because I haven't seen enough from Sam Darnold to say, oh, yeah, the Browns made a mistake not taking Sam Darnold. Yeah, Mano. <laughs> I still don't feel like that at all. Uh, it's kind of funny with all the weird stuff Baker does behind Cheesecake Factory that it's Sam Darnold that ends up with Whoa! Mono. Uh, I'm just saying, oh. what?
3: I'm just saying. Why well, we, you know, we haven't even gotten to the NFL story today. By the you're way, you're a Browns fan. Not you're not supposed to be
2: saying that. No, I'm da- I, I call it down the middle. I, if I, if if the Browns provide me with content to take shots of them, I'm going to do it. We haven't even gotten into the big NFL story today, man. Oh yeah, it's the weirdest story in the world. I don't even want to get into it. Oh, oh well, yeah, we're going to get it. it. We're going to get into it eventually. But I got opinions good, on that. Good for the good for. Ugh, that's so ugh. Anyways, where were we even at? But that year, Trevor Lawrence, no. Coming out with Baker Mayfield, you had Sam Darnold, Josh Rosen, Josh Allen. Obviously, Lamar Jackson was a part of that class. I mean, give me a break. No, Trevor Lawrence that year would have made no sense. But I think realistically, and really not the freshman year, but the sophomore year, uh, if if they moved it down to two... I really see college football. I, I can honestly see it going to two. I don't want to see it go to two years, but I could see if you know college football right now is trying to appease everybody. If that rule picks up momentum and you start seeing coaches really advocating for that, which why is a college coach would you advocate for that outside of you know you really are trying to position them for success moving forward? But selfishly, I want my best players, the best players in the world. I would love them for three years at least. Why was Jim Harbaugh advocating for that? Like it's yeah. so strange to me. So Isn't strange.
3: That also, an NFL
2: thing too. Which one? Because the that's what the thing is too. The NCAA, it's really not an NCAA rule about the one and done is put in place by the NBA, not right. college basketball, like. You know the whole LeBron going straight to, to the, the pros out of high school. It wasn't college basketball that all of a sudden changed the rules and said, "Hey, you need to come to me before you can go there." It was the NBA that said, "Hey, you don't got to go to college, but we also don't want eighteen-year-olds in our league right. um, because when the league got too young, the product dipped." Yeah, I mean, you you had your biggest star be LeBron James come straight out of high school, but overall, when the when and I remember when Charles Barkley said that he said the problem with the NBA right now is there's too many young stars leading teams. Yes. And that was the problem. And you had too many teams that were taking young stars, and then you didn't invest in stars to put around the young stars because you knew you weren't going to win anyways. And then you have that rookie that's 19 years old that knows nothing about the game going up against veteran teams, you know, full of men that understand the sport. It, it was a bad product for the league. hmm So, all right, you're listening to the Justin Kinner Show right here on 1410 ESPN Radio. We'll step away for a few moments. When we come back, we'll get into what is being discussed right now with Major League Baseball. How realistic is it to expect Major League Baseball in July? For the first time, we've heard a player who is adamantly coming out and saying, I don't think it's smart at all to make us want to play. We'll discuss next.
1: Some people think that they can't go to the dentist if they don't have dental insurance others think they can't afford to go to the dentist but that is not the case most people who go to the dentist don't have dental insurance and seeing a dentist is easier and less expensive than you think in fact getting a cleaning exam and x-rays is cheaper than taking your family out to dinner and a movie And by regularly seeing a dentist, you will avoid painful dental disease and more invasive and expensive restorative procedures. Since studies show that good oral health is essential to having good overall health, it makes sense to make an appointment with a dentist today. Ohio Dental Association member dentists are located throughout the state and are dedicated to providing the highest quality dental care. These are The Justin Kinner Show, right here on ESPN Dayton, 1410 Wing AM.
2: Welcome you back, it's the Justin Kinner Show, coming up here in 10 minutes, 1410 Wing Live. We'll have a conversation with Jared Hoying from Fort Loraming, but like seven years in the major in, in the majors, was drafted by the Texas Rangers, and now he's playing in the... Korean baseball organization, and uh, we're going to talk with him. Again, all the games have been on ESPN, which has been pretty cool. I shouldn't say all, but most of them. Um, But it's interesting hearing, you know, when he flew to Korea, exactly how did they get the players prepped to play? And I don't mean getting them in shape or getting, you know, in game shape. It was... How they get the temperatures taken coming into the ballpark every day, uh, how often they get tested, how often has he been tested already? What happens if you do test positive? What does that mean for the entire group? He answers all of those. So very interesting stuff coming up. I mean, the, again, the Korean baseball organization started kicked off their season this week. Everything that they had to do to accomplish that is what has to be done here uh, in this country for that to happen. And we're going to get more into this coming up later. But I found this interesting. Uh, Boston Red Sox pitcher Colin McHugh says that you can't make this mandatory for players if they feel that it's unsafe to play. And I don't want to sound like I'm being in, like not sympathetic to these players, but I look at these play I don't look at these players any differently than I do the waitress that just got her job back today. Or at least found out that she has her job back because the, the restaurants are going to be opening back up in the coming weeks. I don't look at these pro baseball players any different than I do a barber or a beautician who got their jobs back today. Okay, I don't I don't feel bad for these players in that regards because I agree with with Colin McHugh. You're right. They can't make you play if you feel that it's dangerous to go play. Then don't play. But Major League Baseball is no different than a frickers. Frickers will open, up, I'm assuming. I'm using them as a, I mean, I'm using a local business as an example, okay? Frickers will open up here in a few weeks, or they're still open, but they'll open up the patio or whatever, I'm assuming, okay? And if a worker calls Frickers and says, hey, it's too dangerous, I'm not going to work, they're going to say, okay, we respect mm-hmm. that, and I, I'm sorry you feel that way, but we'll find someone that will. And that needs to be Major League Baseball's approach. Like, they are, no, they are a business, they are no different than any other business out there. If there is going to be a season, These players are expected to play because it's their job, and if they don't play, that's their right. No one's forcing them to, but don't expect to get paid then. Like, these players need to stop acting like they're, like, I I don't feel bad for them. Oh, they're being forced to play. No one's forcing you to play. No one's forcing the, the waitress at Frickers to go work. If she feels, or he or she feels it's safe to go work at Frickers, then go work. All right? If the baseball player feels that it's safe enough to go play, and they want to play, go play. If you feel it's dangerous, then don't play. Stop making this a thing. Stop making this as Major League Baseball is this big bully because they are not doing anything different than any other business out there. They are a business. And as a business, Major League Baseball, just like the NBA, just like the NFL, and yes, the amateur-driven NCAA, a business, they are all trying to find ways to reopen their business to fit the times that we are living in now thanks to COVID-19. So, I don't want to hear this from players. You can't make us play. No, no, no shoot, Sherlock. (laughs) No No shoot, Sherlock. No one's making you play. If you want to play, go play. If you don't want to play, don't play. But don't expect to get paid and don't expect me to feel sorry for you because they're making me work. How do you think us common folk feel over here? Like, I'm not mad that I have to work. I'm very fortunate that, you know, me and you both have talked about this. Like, Mm -hmm. me and you have made, we've been adamant that we are not going to be negative about anything and how our jobs have been impacted because we were fortunate to not lose our jobs during all of this. And let's be clear, this isn't over. Because COVID-19, although businesses are still opening up, businesses aren't going to be operated the same and generating the same kind of revenue, which means there's still changes coming. So my whole point is, is Major League Baseball, if they start a season and and the players are crying because they're being forced to play, no one's forcing them to play. That's all. I I I don't know. Yeah. Maybe I'm being too aggressive with it. I don't want to sound like I'm not being sympathetic to it, but give me a break, folks. It is it's a business, and if Major League Baseball opens up its doors again, it's no different yeah. than our local restaurants opening back their dining their dining halls, right? If an if an employee feels it's too dangerous to go back to work, then they don't have to go back to work. They're not going to get paid, and there's you know there, there's a, you know there's stuff that comes with that. Just like if you're a baseball player. Let's go to Jeff and Troy. What's up, Jeff? How are you, man? Hey, Justin. How have you been? Good. Yourself?
0: Good. Man, um, You bring up an interesting point. You're right, 100 uh, percent about professional a- uh, athletes. Mm-hmm. Where, the, where the rubber is going to meet the road is with college athletes.
2: I agree. That that's separate. I that'll give you that because that that's completely different I'll give you that a hundred percent but like that's why I still think there's a better chance of seeing an NFL season than a college football season there's a better chance of the NBA coming back and, and finishing this season and starting the 2020 2021 season in December before we'll see one dribble of a college basketball again in 2020 so I agree with you on that
0: yeah I just wanted to bring that up I, I think it's interesting because you know uh, somebody asked me if I think they'll play football and when I think of Ohio State I'm like oh it's too big not to But it's like, you know, if the Ohio University baseball team, you know, if one of them can't play, it seems like none of them will be able to play. Mm -hmm. If If the girls lacrosse team at North Carolina can't play, then their men's basketball team can't play. Um, but, yeah, dude, uh, it's good to hear from you. I just wanted to touch on that real quick about the college and, and how there's a, a big discrepancy between professional uh, and, and college athletics.
2: No, you are right. Does. And I was. I, I brought up the NCAA just highlighting the fact that, yes, they are a business. I know it's supposed to be amateur. But at the end of the day, it's a business, and there's a lot of money that's that comes down. But the kids, kids are right. getting
4: that money, yeah. I All right, dude, it. good
2: talking to you. Have a good one. You too, Jeff. Take care. You know, and we'll get back into this coming up, but I'm going to, you know, repeat this one more time. I don't want to start seeing these headlines. Like, this headline irritates me because what this is, it's like this mindset of we're... Different and better than everybody else, like we need to make sure that everything is perfect for us to come back to work. Do you think that the you know, it's great news today that Dewine announced that hey, restaurants are gonna begin opening back up slowly. You know, on the fifteenth I believe, you know, if you can you can eat outside for the through the patio seating and then on the twenty first you can dine in and and it's that's great news considering the circumstances that we're heading back in that direction. But it's still not going to be the same when you come back. You know what I mean? So when these Major League Baseball players are sitting here saying, well, you can't make us come back if we feel unsafe, no kidding. No kidding. But if I'm Major League Baseball, I don't back down from the players. I, I look at them and say, hey, this is a business, and we're going to open back up like all the other businesses are. And if you don't feel safe to come to work, You have the same rights as a waitress at a restaurant does or so, you know, us and our jobs. We need to stop talking about these athletes as if they are held to a a higher degree of importance in regards to how they should be handled versus us. You know, how come, oh, we need to make sure we have plenty of testing for baseball players to come back. Well, how come Frickers? You know, how come we have? To, how come we can't make sure that Frickers has plenty of testing before they make their workers come back? We need to stop. I know we live in this sports bubble, and we 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 put these guys up on a pedestal. But I don't believe that just because they generate millions of dollars that we should make sure that Major League Baseball has plenty of tests before we you know provide plenty of tests for our local businesses around here. It's not you know they're the same. It's overall the same thing. Different money being handled, but overall the same thing. All right, that wraps up our number one. When we come back, fourteen ten, wing live, our conversation with Jared Hoing, who plays in the KBO, the Korean Baseball Organization. Uh, he's playing in Korea right now. Uh, they just wrapped up a game earlier this morning, but a fascinating conversation with him about how uh, the KBO finally was able to transition into a spot where they were able to begin their season. They're not playing in front of fans. Um, but interesting note about the KBO, baseball games in Korea are fun. Compared to baseball games in America, like he said, it's like a it's like a soccer match. Like he said, the the crowds are like it's a great time. It's like a party. They have cheerleaders. You know, they have cheerleaders. Nice. Yeah, they have cheerleaders at the games. And he said, so it's more noticeable in this league that there's no fans than it will be in ours. Our fans are quiet. They're kind of dull. They're kind of boring.
3: Going to get our beers.
2: That's true. Half the fans aren't even watching the game because they're waiting in line for 50 hours. So, anyways, we're going to get to our conversation with Jared Hoyne coming up next. He's from Fort Laramie. Excited to talk with him when we come back.
0: Right now,
1: it feels like the world's standing still. But if you look to the land, it's a whole different story. From farms to backyards, wheels are turning. Seeds are being planted. Animals are getting fed, grass is growing, and families are giving their all to the soil. Because no matter how uncertain things get, the land never stops. So to all those linked to the land, John Deere says thank you. We're here for you, because we all run together. Nothing runs like a deer. Start so from some
0: straight talk. Even though most live sports are on hold now, big wireless companies haven't stopped playing games. They're always trying to lock you into overpriced contracts. With Straight Talk Wireless, there are no contracts. It runs on America's best network, same as the big carriers, but you save up to 50%. 45 bucks a month gets you the unlimited plan with 25 gigs of high-speed data, then 2G. You might miss sports, but don't play games, you'll lose. Straight Talk Wireless. No contracts, no compromise. Savings may vary. See terms and conditions at straighttalk.com.
1: 10 Wing AM. Tweet the show at 1410 Kinner or give us a call at 457 9464. We now send you to the Wing Studios in Kettering. Here's your host, Justin Kinner. Get her, get her.
2: the Justin Kinner show welcome back everybody Justin Kinner, Kevin Nash with you here on 1410 ESPN radio we just got done talking about the Boston Red Sox pitcher and Colin McHugh who came out and said that uh, he believes that you know he feels that it's wrong for Major League Baseball to force the players to come back I, I love when people use aggressive words they're, they're forcing us to come back no one's forcing you to come back you know, when the Governor DeWine came out today and said all these businesses were opening up, no one was making anyone come back to work. It's just saying, hey, open up, and there's going to be people that want to work, and there's going to be people that don't feel like it's safe enough to go back to work, and they have that right to not go to work if they feel that they're, you know, that they are not comfortable, if they feel like they're in danger. More power to them, that's fine. But there's going to be people that do go to work, and that's fine as well. And that's really not the debate here, but the debate is when you have Colin McHugh, who is making it sound like he's being forced to work. No one's forcing you. And then it doesn't end there. More entitled millionaire people having more things to say here. C.J. McCollum and Mark Cuban questioned the notion uh, of a return for NBA. They don't think it's smart to come back. That it's not safe. Well, no kidding. And if every business, because the NBA is a business, and I don't think that NBA athletes, that you know, we shouldn't hold standards for them that are separate for the rest of us. It's no more safer to go work at a Frickers than it is to step foot on an NBA basketball court. So we need to stop with that. You know, C.J. McCollum and Mark Cuban coming out and saying that it's not smart to return because it's dangerous. Well, no kidding. It's, It's still dangerous. Just because Governor DeWine's reopening up everything here in the state of Ohio doesn't mean that the danger is gone. It just means that there's going to be a new way of operating and that that still is going to be the chance that you get sick. And that's just the reality of it. I'm not trying to sound cold-hearted. That's just the reality of it. So I believe that the NBA should return. Major League Baseball should return. And I'm not saying I don't care about the safety of the players, but if the rest of us, if, if, if the rest of the states and the rest of the country is saying, hey, it's safe enough for us common folk to return to work, then I'm pretty sure LeBron's rich ass and everyone else can also <laughs> step back foot on a basketball floor. Give me a break. I'm done. My I don't mind, I've literally know, just. I don't know why, about that one. Bro. Why should we cradle these rich athletes and act like their safety is more important than ours? How come we can return to work but they can't? That doesn't make any sense.
3: I don't think it's necessarily that happened to return to work. I think it's saying, like, well, is it the smartest thing to do for anybody mm-hmm. at this time? I mean, we talked about this during the break. Like, you know, there's certain companies out there, like, if people go back to work, like at the hotel industry. Say you go on a trip, you go into a hotel and you end up uh, getting COVID nineteen, you can sue that hotel because of their cleanliness. Like that's something that they people and every business should consider. Like, yo, like, let's consider all the options before we go back to work. And like maybe they're thinking like, all right, well maybe we should wait until there's a vaccine, let's let's get away our options because we shouldn't just be rushing back into it just because like well, numbers are turning down well there's a reason numbers are turning down numbers are turning down because we have been social distancing we have been in the house for a long time yes I understand like the economy has to reopen we can't operate like this forever but I don't think them saying like well let's get more information like let's not rush into this because it's like we talked about a million times the worst thing that can happen is us go back and then have to shut down again because after you if you shut down again then you lose all faith And the public. The public loses all faith in what the government is doing. Same thing for 457
2: 946. And that goes for everybody. And you're not, no, I'm not even disagreeing with what you're saying. However, uh, it is no different than a business opening back up. I mean, think of the local businesses who who closed and then are reopening. I mean, the, the chance of them having to close again is going to be realistic like we're not reopening acting as if everything's back to normal we're reopening with a different approach to how we're going to do business and how we're going to let customers come in and and dine in at our restaurants and and get their you know hair done and get their nails done and stuff like that so that's honestly what it comes down to is this and like I guess if, if there's thing, you know exceptions that are being made for us common folk and our con- these yeah, yeah, regular yeah. jobs the NBA Major League Baseball should be no different Wait. I'm tired of hearing these athletes sit there hey, and hey, talk yeah, as if you know, know they are being held to a higher standard than we are. If we can return to work, then so can they. All Bottom right, line. Okay. Now and again, if the argument is, is that you know that they, I don't know, four, five, seven, nine, four. Who we got on line one? Uh, okay. Will. We got Will. Willie from Wright State, What's up, man? How are you? Hey, what's going on, Justin? Congratulations on the new show. Thank you, my friend. It's been a while. How are you? Oh, I've
4: been call. I've been buckered down, staying safe, going to work every day. Okay. Who's
3: calling?
2: You still there? Did you cut out? My bad. Yeah, My, I, bad. I, My, bad. My bad. My bad. My uh, bad. No. Yeah. Absolutely. I can hear you. My fault. I thought you were going to continue there. Either way. Yeah, no, well, I'm glad. Yeah, I mean, good. Been things been going, going well. That sounds I'm good.
4: I'm a central worker at Wright State University, so I've been, but not required. I did have the option. Everybody had the option mm-hmm. to stay home with the, with the um, government care
2: act. So yeah, and, and that's my point too. with a lot of this stuff is like, I have no issue with the NBA and Major League Baseball and others right, opening back right. up. And if the athletes feel that they it's too dangerous to go, to then don't go. Right. Uh, but don't right, act, right. but don't act right. like they're forcing you to go. No one's forcing you to do anything.
4: And, and the same and the same the same thing with uh, if you if you feel sick, stay home. If you feel concerned, stay home.
5: Mm-hmm.
4: But don't step on somebody. I mean, I'm not infringing on anybody's. I, I mean, I have got a family. And I want my family to stay just as safe as anybody else's family. But, and at the same time, you know, I'm working, but I'm working with half my salary. My, but me and my wife on a beauty salon. Okay. So, you know, we've been, you know, working just under my salary. Thank God that, I, mean, I'm, I thank God that I am still working right now. But um, everybody is taking this serious. But, you know what I'm saying, it's, um, it's people, I mean, we still need to, we still need to live. And I, I don't care about... Um, The numbers are all over the place with everything, every year, and and then every disease, every season, but it's just disheartening, but you made a great, great point, Like, I mean, what's making the people that's cooking, what's any different for the people that's cooking and cooking?
2: Yeah, that's why I'm, I'm tired of hearing from Major League Baseball. Well, we got to make sure we have enough tests. Well, why? Why do you need enough tests for you to return to work, but we have to go back to our Frickers job or to our hair salon job or to your school job or our radio job? That's all. I, I want everyone to be safe, don't get me wrong, but I'm like, what makes you guys so special that you need tests to return to work, but we don't? Like, that's my big well, question that I have. That's what I'm tired of hearing. I don't think that's what they're saying. I that think is they're
3: what saying, they're saying. No, I don't think that is. I think it's what they're saying is, like, we're not trying to go back to work until there's tests. So that, I think that means for everybody. Like, I think they okay, they only can speak for themselves. They only can speak for their business. Like, I okay. think that, that that's fair. I think that looking out for everybody is a fair thought process. Has Adam Silver no. said that, though? Because you know it's what right? the
2: owners and the players are saying, but it's a difference between the, the business owner. Like, it could be, like, the, the bartender at a local sports bar. Well, I don't want to return to work so we all have tests. Well, that's great. When you own the business, you can make that decision if that's the case. Like, right, right, You know, that's and, my mindset, I guess.
4: And what you know, confuses me is that I've I mean, everybody's been spending a lot of time at home. So, of course, we've been doing projects around the home. So every time I go to Lowe's or home, people, it's 200 people in there.
2: Oh, I know. I was at Lowe's over the weekend, and it was hell, I'm, man. <laughs> I'm
4: like, man, ain't never. I'm like, my God. Now, and, and, and let's keep it right. The economy isn't shut down. Certain businesses are getting pressed. Mm-hmm. That's the honest to God
2: truth. <laughs> no, I mean, I hear you. I hear you. But uh, all right, Willie, great hearing from you. All
4: right, good call you in. You just sparked, you just when you said that about the, um, um, and, yeah, frontline. I mean, we got custodians, too, who are essential workers. Yeah. Who, nobody's thinking about custodians. Everybody's propping up um, nurses, and thank God for nurses. But, you know, every, every job is essential in America. Everybody works together. And we need to stop this, this, this classifying, um, you know, my job is more important than yours. No, we all work together to make this nation what it is. And social media is what's really clouding everything, because everybody just, just, just has an opinion. Well, everybody has an opinion before any um, circumstances, and, most, and all those opinions usually stink. You kind of know what I'm referring to, kind of on the... Uh. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh. I mean, we just need to start learning to work together and to get this country back where we need to be, as all Americans. I agree,
2: Willie. Great hearing from you, man. You take care. All right, got this, y'all. Take care. All right, thank you. Four five seven nine four six four. It's the Justin Kinner Show. We were going to get to the interview uh, from the fourteen ten wing, a fourteen ten wing live interview with Jared Hoing. We'll get to that coming up here in just a moment. Uh, but we're taking your calls at four five seven nine four six four. Obviously, this sparked a nerve with people. I wasn't trying to, you know, this isn't one of those topics where I'm trying to be hot take Kenner here. Um, <laughs> it's just when I I read the article about Major League Baseball, it just irritated me, especially after hearing Governor DeWine come out today and say, Hey, you know, we're going to return to work. Restaurants are going to return to, you know where we, patrons can go back and dining in and, and everything. And I'm like, well, I don't hear people saying well, it's not safe to go back to restaurants until everyone's getting tested. Well, why is Major League Baseball all of a sudden having that? it pro sports. Like these pro athletes like, well, I'm not doing that until everyone can get tested. Well, we would all love that, but that's not the reality of it. And there's not enough But isn't it really? pro
3: sports it's more of a luxury than anything else? Yeah, so why should, you know, if but again, if that's
2: what that business comes out and says, but again, the businesses are trying to hard to, to get a season going. They're trying to get a season going. I think you're hearing that more from players' unions more than anything else about the testing, more so than the than the actual owners, correct? I decided Mark Cuban, obviously. I don't know. I'm not trying to say that anyone's out there is heartless and doesn't want it, but uh who we got? Uh line two, Tim. What's up, Tim? How are you? Hey. Good, how are you? Good. I appreciate you calling. Uh, What's up, man?
6: Yeah, I'm an essential worker. Mm-hmm. Um I work in a food I do maintenance in a food packaging business, okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, my company's done a good job of keeping us safe. With all the guidelines, there's no problem that people want to follow the rules, the social distancing, you know, do what you have to do, you know, with that to keep us working. we work through the whole thing, you know, kind of like the, uh, you know, the unrecognized heroes of it because, you know, you got to feed people. Absolutely. You've got to buy the food. And um, I just think these baseball players and these players and stuff, I, I, I get your safety and everything. But I'm going out here and have to risk my life for my family. As long as my company's doing what they can do to keep me safe, while I'm at work, I don't, I don't have a problem with it, and I'm grateful to be working. But then again, as long as the company, the the employer that you're employed by, does something to, you know, assure you your extra safety precautions so you can come and do that,
2: there's, yeah, and there's no complaining. And that's what Major League Baseball is doing. I mean, Major League Baseball has this entire proposal in place that, you know, they've obviously put in front of health officials to kind of get it signed off on saying, hey, this actually meets the criteria of, you know, meeting the social distancing guidelines and to be able to, you know, making sure, you know, the, the masks and everything that needs to be put in place for that. So all of that's going to reach that. But now you still have players coming out and saying, well, that's all fine, but, you know, we're, we're, you still can't force us to play. We get that. Just like the businesses opening up around here can't force their employees to work, baseball's not forcing their athletes to play. But if they don't play, then you don't get paid. It's no different than if a waitress chooses not to go to work because she doesn't feel safe. She won't get paid either. It's no different. We need to stop acting like baseball players should get special treatment. I'm not for that at all. Pro athletes, put it that way.
6: I, I agree with that because I didn't have a choice. My company stayed open. Mm-hmm. So I didn't have that choice or that option. Now, if I don't want to come to work, you know, because of my safety, I'm sure I won't get paid neither. But I um, mean, you know, who can really do that? But yeah,
2: and, and I guess that's my point. Like, so your company, you know, just Major League Baseball is a company. If Major League Baseball opens up, just like your company stayed open during this, they didn't say they didn't say, "Hey, Tim, I'm forcing you to work. You are you don't have a choice. You have to work." that's a problem but if you felt you know not safe you didn't have to go to work you chose to go to work and if you didn't feel safe you would choose not to go to work everyone has that freedom to choose whether to go to work or not so the players need to stop wording it like you can't force us to play baseball no one's forcing uh, you to play baseball
6: i think if they hadn't have did took precautions that needed to be precautions you know like uh keep trying to keep me safe doing the things that they should have done yeah maybe i would feel unsafe about it but they went like you know, jump tubes and everything else to try to keep us safe and keep us working. Well, that's and good I'm to hear. I'm grateful for that. That's and, good you know, to hear. And I think if people do that, um, I stood in line at a place yesterday and an EMT guy come right behind me and I had to keep scooting away from him. Didn't have a mask, no gloves on or nothing. You know, so, I mean, some people are going to do what you're supposed to do to practice it, to keep everybody safe. And then other people just don't care, you know, about it at all. I don't think it's that big a deal. And it is a big deal. It is, you know, mm-hmm. to, to exist in society together. You have to think of yourself and other people, you know, and I think some people do it, some people don't, and, you know, it is what it is.
2: Thank you. No, thank you, Tim. I appreciate your take on that. Thank you. You know, Tim brings up a good point that his company, uh, you know, that they – They follow different protocols. They put new protocols in place to keep him and and his coworkers and and customers safe. And that's what baseball is doing. That's what the NBA is doing. That's what the NFL is already planning for their season months and months and months from now. Um, You know, colleges. You know, the SEC. These conferences we've talked about. They're already working on that as well. Um, So that's my whole argument here: is is that if there is a season, that means that there was enough change put in place to justify there being a season does it mean that there is not a plan out there that is going to keep these players a million percent safe just like there's not a plan out there for the businesses that dewine just reopened back up here in the coming weeks there's not a plan for those businesses to keep their customers and employees safe but there are protocols being put in place to help make it safer and that's my point so major league baseball the nba the nfl it's going to look different. There's going to be different rules, different protocols to help make it safer, so you can go back to work and the players can go back to work. And if they don't feel safe, then don't play. But don't go into the media and make this a whole thing because you're no, they're no different than we are. Who we got? Nine three. Let's go to Jason. Jason, what's up, man? How are you?
0: I'm doing well. What's hey, up, I man? Want to first, uh, start off. I, I agree with what you're saying about nobody's getting forced to go back to work. But mm-hmm. You're comparing two industries that. They're not comparable, Justin. I mean, most of my employees... I, I manage a restaurant. Okay. Most of my employees live paycheck to paycheck. They don't have insurance. We can't afford to go get these testing done.
5: hmm
0: You know? I mean, you got these baseball players or any professional athletes. They can get by. They can get by. They have insurance. They have team doctors. I don't have a doctor at my work. I don't. I don't have a physician that we can go to. You know? And then they're putting all this pressure on us restaurant managers to protect the public. I mean, who's
2: protecting us? No, you know, I I, not- I think, I, I mean, I hope I didn't offend you with that, because my point was is that, oh, yeah, I, yeah. I, I I guess They're my point, comparable. my, my well, real quick though, my point was is that you guys are being put in a tough spot. And you can't promise that your customers will be safe or your employees will be safe, but you're putting, you know, plans in place to make it as safe as possible, considering the circumstances. And just like Major League, I, I it really... You're right, they're not comparable in regards to the amount of money that's being made by these pro-athletes compared to yours. But the concept's the same. Major League Baseball is a business just like you own a business. You're opening up your business the safest way you can, just like Major League Baseball is. The players are expected to return to work just like your employees are ex- re- expected to return to work. It is similar as far as that's concerned.
0: They have unions that protect them, though. We do not have any of that stuff to protect us.
2: That's fine. No one's making them go to work. That's my argument is when the players yeah, they are coming out. to and-
0: to go to work Because if not, they're not going to get unemployment.
2: Well, they're not, Well, that's common sense. No one can just not go to work and get paid. That's my whole point. No one's making anyone go to work. The baseball players don't have to pick up a bat and and report to, to but that's the thing, team. You know,
0: the baseball players have means where they don't need to go to work if they don't have to, if they don't feel safe. You're making my point for me. That's
2: why I'm saying. No one's making these athletes play. If they don't want to play, they don't have to play.
0: All right. Well, I appreciate uh, taking my call. Go Brownies.
2: All right, we can we at least agree on that. We can at least end on a go, Browns. How about that?
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, my, my biggest point is, you know <laughs> I mean, they're sitting there putting us restaurant employees at all this risk by bringing in by bringing in customers. Mm-hmm. But it's not safe yet. We I don't agree. have testing in place. We don't have somebody that can sit there at the front door and take everybody's temperature. You know how many and Susans we're going to have to deal with? When we get reopened?
3: Jason, I think that's that's the the biggest thing is like that um, your industry doesn't have a voice and the athletes do. And, yeah, and i don't i don't have a i don't have a problem I, I i hope everybody on your you and your team is staying safe and everything like that but i think that's the thing the athletes are doing like they have a voice they have cameras in their face every day and i think they are speaking up to say hey man I, if it's not safe i don't feel like i should be going back to work and i think and i think that speaks volumes i think that speaks volumes for a person that gets paid x amount of dollars to play a sport is saying i don't feel safe going back to work i think that speaks volumes to everybody to say hey maybe we should all reevaluate this whole situation before we say we should be opening up the country again because like you were talking about like it's people that that work for you that don't have health insurance. So it I think them saying that it should speak volumes to the rest of the nation saying, Hey, maybe we should reconsider this.
0: Yeah. Yeah I mean most of my employees are tipped employees. They make four thirty five an hour
2: understandable like
0: that, with no insurance. Again,
2: yeah. Understandable. Very understandable. Yeah. Hey, uh Jason, thank you so much man. I appreciate you calling.
0: Yeah, thank you, okay. guys. Take, Take care.
2: care. All right, it's the Justin Kinser show right here on 1410 ESPN Radio. Uh let's do one more call. We got to get to our interview coming up at 4:30. Who we got?
3: DoorDash Ray. DoorDash Ray,
2: two DoorDash Rays in <laughs> one day. How about that? Hey, Justin. Hey, I just wanted to chime in on that gentleman I just called.
7: Hey, listen. You know, the bottom line is this: you you have to work and if you don't want to go to work, you don't want to take the risk, don't. I mean, I'm delivering food every day, as you know, and I take the risk every day. got to go in there. We're still, it ain't, it ain't, you know, hand-to-hand contact. But, man, if you're going to have to pay your bills and there's a risk involved in anything we're doing now because, you know, if something could have been touched prior or something could have had something done prior, we have no idea what we're grabbing when we grab these bags and roll out of the restaurant or build the, the people's houses. And, of course, a lot of times we're laying among on the you know, in front of the door or whatever. But that gentleman needs to, you know, pump the brakes just a tad because, listen, man, if you want to go make some money and start paying your bills, which we've also been lenient on that, lately because a lot of places have let us kind of slide a little bit on our bills. Man, you can't get all amped up about, oh, it ain't safe this and it ain't safe that. Of course, it's not safe yet. But what we're doing, we're trying to get the country back open somewhat and, Dude, if you're one of those people that is still fearful, and you, you know you're worried about things, man, we want to risk every single day, whatever we're doing. I mean, it don't matter. You, if you want to seclude yourself in your house and not have any income coming in, go right ahead. But I guarantee you, when the country does get to the point where, okay, we're 100%, that's all full go, there's still going to be people saying, well, I don't know if I should do this. I don't know if I should do that. With, there's a risk in everything we're doing right now and that that particular gentleman I understand and I respect him but man you got to realize quit being so fearful okay let's just let's just let some things start opening a little bit at a time and if you don't let it go that's your choice but you better have something else in place so you can get some income coming in but like you said earlier baseball man I've got no sympathy for these with you all you're playing a game you're millionaires you didn't save your money or put something away wisely, then that's your problem. But man, if you're going to complain because you're a food server or you're a manager of a restaurant and your employees are saying, well, I don't know if I should come back yet, then guess what? Find someone else that's going to bring that food out the to the people's at Somebody Somebody would be willing to do it. They want to come back to work. They want to start some money rolling in. But, man you I just think that we're so fearful, and with this epidemic that came across recently, now we're even more fearful Dude, I don't fear nothing. Put Jesus Christ in your heart. Let him take care of you. You don't have to worry about being fearful of anything. If you want to be smart and wear gloves and masks and everything else, put that on. But don't complain that, oh, no, it's too soon, and I don't have this, and I don't have that, and if I go back, to what's going to happen? Dude, you want to risk every day and put your feet on the ground when you wake up. The whole roof could cave in on your house. So let's just relax yep. a little bit, and let things happen. Mm-hmm. Let's have some faith. And we'll
4: be just fine. Love you
2: guys. We'll talk to you later. Adios, man. Take care. Peace be with you. Uh, With that being said, uh, and real quick, um, I don't want to come across as disrespectful to Jason, that previous caller. Because he's his frustration and concern is coming from a different mindset than ours. I mean, he's in charge of a restaurant, mm-hmm. so his stress is not coming from like his decision is. Oh man, I'm afraid to go to work for me. If I like, if he's upset about having to go return to work because he's worried about his safety, I respect Jason's opinion greatly because he's not worried just about his health. He's he's concerned about his employees. He's concerned about his customers. So I understood his frustration and where he was coming from. And I know, like, I don't want to sound like cold hearted on this, but it's like, okay, if you don't feel like you're ready to open up, or if it's not safe, then then don't do it. Like I, you know what I mean. Like I, I guess that's kind of like how I am with the Major League Baseball. If you don't feel safe, I'm not ripping you. I'm just saying then don't go.
3: Well, you are kind of ripping.
2: No, me. I'm ripping them when they're <laughs> making it sound like they're being, not not Jason, but like the baseball players. Like they're being, we're not we can't be forced to play that. You're not being forced. No one's forcing you to do anything. That's
3: the whole I, thought process here. I'll have to read it again because I found it the this, the vibe that I get from it is the pressure that they're feeling from the fans like we're starving for some entertainment, we're starving for sports like I, I, that's the vibe that I got from it like that type of force not force like well y'all gonna you got, we, gates are gonna open, we playing ball, see you out there first pitch is at 1 o'clock I, I didn't get that vibe from it, I got the vibe from like well we're getting pressure from every angle, every time we turn on a channel there. When are we gonna get sports? When are we gonna get sports? When are you guys gonna play? That's that's the vibe that I got from the article.
2: Well, you know what? How about if Mike Trout comes out and says it? I don't know who this Colin McHugh.
4: <laughs> I know that's
2: not so, fair. No, it's very fair. So Colin McHugh. Just because he's a nobody? Oh, no, he's a somebody. He played on that cheat Houston Astros team the last couple of seasons. So that's, <laughs> enough, that's strike two as far as Colin McHugh is concerned, uh, as far as that is concerned. Uh, I appreciate all the calls who chimed in on that. Jason, shout out to you. I know you and I were on opposite sides on that, but I want to make sure to give him one more shout out because I wasn't trying to disrespect what he did and what he does because uh, – I can't imagine that. It's one thing for us to be fearful for be concerned about our health returning to work. It's another when you are running a business and you're not concerned just about your health, you're concerned about your employees, your coworkers, uh your customers and you know your family too. So yeah, shout out to him. And all business owners and everyone out there returning to work. Uh, for some, they think it's a good thing. Others are concerned. I completely get it. This isn't a all one side or the other type of conversation. We have Colin McHugh. Give me a break. Colin McHugh. <laughs> aye, aye, aye. But you're not ripping. And by the way, these major league, these major, the professional athletes should not be complaining at all. They are being put in safer hands than the college athletes. The college athletes should be the ones concerned. It's the college you know, commissioners that are coming out and saying, we're going to play in front of fans. That's aggressive that's really aggressive considering the pro teams are the ones that are money hungry. You would think that the pro teams are saying, we need fans in our stands getting our beer and getting our food and buying our tickets. The pro teams have already eliminated fans together. And then you have the stubborn A-hole conferences for college athletics saying, we're having fans. Try and stop us. Try and stop us. We're having fans here down in the South, the SEC, because it just means more to us. All right, folks, we'll be back in a moment. Let's talk about how the COVID-19 has impacted local soccer here in the Miami Valley. We'll be joined by Dan Grice he's the head coach for the Dayton Dutch Lions don't go anywhere we will also get back to our Jared Hoying interview at the top of the hour as well don't go anywhere more of the Justin Kinner show next
1: hey 2020 seniors your friends at Lance Roofing and Siding in Fairborn want you to know how proud we are of you we celebrate you the class of 2020 we know you will go out into the world and do incredible here's to you best of luck seniors from Lance Roofing and Siding visit your locally owned Cup Cadet dealer East Lawn and Garden and find out how the Ultima Series Zero Turn Motor. Sparked a zero-turn revolution. Engineered to give you the ultimate all-around mowing experience. The Ultima Series delivers next-level comfort and cut quality, as well as superior speed and control. It's all supported by the genuine parts, accessories, and trained service technicians you'll only find at your local Cub Cadet dealer. Test drive the ultimate mowing experience today at East Lawn and Garden, 1632 East Route 36 in Urbana, for expert advice, superior service, and exceptional offers. show right here on ESPN Dates 14. 14-
2: All right, everybody, we welcome you back. It's the Justin Kenner Show live here on Dayton's ESPN radio station. 1410 Wing AM. How are all of you? Let's talk a little soccer. I know we haven't spent a lot of time talking about soccer right now with all the talk of will there be a college football season? Will Major League Baseball come back? You know, the NBA, will they finish their season? another sport that's been impacted, of course, by COVID-19 and the coronavirus is the sport of soccer. And joining us now, Dayton Dutch Lions head coach, we have Dan Greist with us. Coach, welcome in, sir. How are you? I'm good, sir. How are you doing? Good, I appreciate you taking time and spending uh, some time with us here this afternoon. Look, I know this is, I want to start things off first. We all know sports are important, but uh, I hope that you and your family are safe and healthy during this trying time.
8: Yes, sir, we're 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 getting by hopefully uh, just as you and everybody else here in the Dayton area, yeah. Right now, it's just are, kind of a, what,
2: as well. It's just a wait and see right now with where we're at with everything. But with that being said, um, obviously, you know, it's coming out that your season uh, is officially, you know, canceled. Uh, you've been coaching. You've been around the sport for quite some time. Just obviously, I don't think it's safe to say that anyone has ever experienced anything like this.
8: No, we're definitely in, in uncharted territory here. Uh, it, you know, it's. It's certainly disappointing, all of the work and time and effort and things that go into to making the season come off successfully throughout the summer. You know, the, the main priority now is, is just ensuring that everybody remains healthy and safe and uh, things can move forward eventually.
2: Did you feel at any point that uh, that your league was, was in a position to, to maybe actually start on time or to at least get a portion of the season in? Uh, I guess like, are, you're not surprised that the season's canceled, right, based on how everything else is going, or did you feel like you guys were in a position where you thought you could maybe pull it off?
8: You know, I feel like the league really they could to try to ensure that the season could move forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, their communication throughout the entire last season Six to eight weeks has been tremendous. Uh, you know, we talked about moving the start date back from early May to June 1st, and ultimately that just proved um, not not to be sustainable uh, with with all that's going on here with the pandemic. But I, I do commend the league for their communication throughout. Uh, you know, everybody was very optimistic. Our, our Midwestern conference was very optimistic and that we would be able to move forward in some capacity. It just ultimately proved not to be. What does that do for your
2: for your franchise right now as far as you know the players and and now you know what's their situation? Like where are the majority of your players you know from? how far out do you get your players from? you know we we really start recruiting back
8: kind of in the previous fall as mm-hmm. the collegiate season goes on throughout the fall, so we, we've really been recruiting for the last six, seven, eight months, uh, watching a lot of collegiate games, um, trying to find the right players with the right mentality to, to bring in. You know, we, we've managed players from, from all over the country, from, from Texas, from Virginia, from Florida. You know primarily with us being located here in the Dayton area, the University of Dayton, Wright State University are going to be kind of the core mm-hmm. of, the, of the group kind of each and every summer. Um, but we're obviously looking nationwide to be able to bring in quality and improve the level for sure.
2: So a lot of players, were, were a lot of your players already living here in Dayton at the time? I mean are some players having to move back uh, You know, to their previous homes? I mean how is that working?
8: You know, I think that's probably been the biggest challenge, is uh, taking care of the international players. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, players that, that maybe had committed to us in January, February, uh, had been making summer plans to be here, you know, instead of going back to England or Spain or Germany or wherever they were from, and and ultimately kind of coming up with exit strategies for those players to help, uh, help ensure they can get home and back to their families, obviously, which not having the opportunity now to play here in Dayton for the summer.
2: So, what's next for you guys? What's communication like with your players? Uh, I mean, right now, when you run a franchise like this, like what's the next step as far as you know? Right now, you should be talking about prepping for this season, and now you're looking ahead to next season. But there's so much time between now and then. What's the? What is your next step
8: here? You know, there's still some ongoing communication, depending on um, kind of the. Release of of being able to get out in the public and, and maybe do some training or set up some exhibition games, hopefully in in July. Mm-hmm. So so we're trying to remain optimistic that we're going to be able to to do something to help the players prepare for the fall uh, collegiate seasons, provided those are are still set to move forward. So so that. Is primarily taking up most of the day today. Obviously, there's a lot of, of backroom organizational things that have to get taken care of when you completely stop a season, and it, it doesn't come off. So, um, a lot of the the marketing and public relations people behind the scenes are, are very busy and working with our vendors and, and that type of thing as well. But we are we are optimistic that. He as a group can, at least those players still remaining here in Dayton, can do something uh, soccer-related sometime here this summer. Good stuff. we got Dan Grice,
2: head coach of the Dayton Dutch Lions, with us here on the Justin Kinner Show, 1410 ESPN Radio. Uh, now, what's really fascinating about the work that you guys do is it's not just about uh, you know, your season and about the league you guys play in. You do a lot here for the, uh, the local youth soccer community as well here in the Dayton area.
8: Absolutely, You know, the English Lions have, have been here in the Dayton area providing some level of professional or semi-professional soccer throughout the last 10 years, uh, which has made us very engaged with the local youth community, obviously trying to appeal to their interest and, and get them out and, you know, show them the game at a, at a higher level than they may experience with their club uh, or youth other youth organizations here in the Dayton area. Um, You know, we're currently very focused on trying to have some type of camp opportunities for them uh, this summer. Again, a lot of that will depend on the restrictions moving forward in in terms of groups being able to get together, but we are optimistic that we're going to be able to provide them some type of camp activities uh, throughout the month of July
2: yeah and do you believe that i mean and this is what every time i've talked about you know the different sports that have been impacted by this of all the sports that are out there usually the sports that are outside sports it's a little bit easier to kind of adapt to some of the new restrictions going to be put in place by this uh i mean so it sounds like you're pretty optimistic that camps still could be you know put in place and that you guys are going to be able to run those uh just with different restrictions obviously but it sounds like you're pretty confident you're going to be able to get those off
8: you know we're hopeful and mm-hmm. and obviously it's made us rethink a lot of the training aspects you know this is completely uncharted territory and so so to sit down and really come up with sessions where you can try to keep individuals you know maybe a little bit further apart um it has all been you know difficult but interesting to to sit and really think about a session like that and and trying to come up with with opportunities and still make kids learn and and adapt maybe just a little bit differently
2: last thing as we let you go here we appreciate you spending time you know the thing about you know the popularity of the sport of soccer i mean soccer is a is a very popular sport yes but it's really sort of taken off as far as you know getting in the, in the right of you know mainstream media national media stuff like that or at least here in the states especially i mean especially with fc cincinnati you know getting a mls team and that's pretty you know that's been fun to watch the popularity of that grow as well um i mean it's just soccer starts picking up some momentum and then obviously every sport's being impacted by this but it's just on unf- fortunate to see soccer be impacted by this as well.
8: Absolutely. You know, the, the growth of the game was particularly here in the Dayton metro area with, with FC Cincinnati has been tremendous. Um, you know, you can't overstate, you know, how much they've done for the soccer community, you know, here locally. Uh, to have two MLS teams in, in the Columbus crew and, and Cincinnati obviously be within an hour of the Dayton area provides a lot of opportunity for the the youth here in Dayton to go and experience, you know, soccer at the highest level. So, so obviously, for that to be put on pause, um, particularly with the growth of SC Cincinnati and them leading into their second year is, is obviously disappointing. Um, but, again, we're going to remain optimistic that, that eventually things can get back to the way they were and move forward accordingly.
2: Well, I'm definitely pulling for you guys and hoping that, you know, some of these camps can be pulled off because right now I think the one thing that's interesting is, you know, acme for baseball. You know, all, all summer sports have pretty much uh, been pulled already. Um, so if some of these camps, especially later in the summer, are able to be held, I mean, I think that's a great opportunity where, you know, there's going to be kids out there who are wanting to be active and do something. I mean, you, there's going to be kids taking part in some of these camps that maybe had no interest in the sport before. Um, so there is those positive, you know, possibilities as well.
8: Yeah, I hope so. Um, you know, obviously it's been difficult in any, you know, even being a father here and, mm-hmm. and having my, my kids' soccer, dance activities be completely shut down is, is very difficult. So so obviously, you know, when things are back up and, and going, you know, hopefully the interest is still there. You know, and I, and I think that's, that's one of the biggest things is, is Trying to remind people that you know we do offer opportunities for our kids to come out and learn and grow, and and they should really try to come and take advantage of. Them.
2: All right, Dan Grice, head coach for the Dayton Dutch Lions, good enough to join us here on the Justin Kinner Show. Dan, coach, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Anything we can do to help promote what you guys are doing, please reach out and let us know. Uh, we definitely want to make sure that, uh, you know, if those camps, you know, when you guys set those camps and we're off and rolling, that we want to make sure to spread the word and to get as many kids signed up as possible. So thank you so much for your time today.
8: Thank you, sir. You guys know, stay, stay safe. 1410 Wing AM. Welcome
2: you back to the Justin Kinner show right here on fourteen ten. ESPN radio Justin Kinner, Kevin Nash, hanging out with you here on a Thursday. NFL schedule reveal show tonight, three hours. You could either watch the three hour show on the NFL network or ESPN playing a little catch up. And they just announced today. How do you announce the day of Oh, by the way, we're having a three hour special today or Adam Schefter and so dramatic. Three hours, man. I, don't, I mean I I don't mind it, but I uh, do I mean, it's three hours of content to watch. And the line is, I think all the teams released their schedule at the same time. So it's not like it's okay. going to be, it's not like behind this closed door, we'll find out this team. I think every team's schedule goes out at once. I think it's one of those where they're going to go team by team and break it down and do what we're going to do tomorrow, I'm sure, and, and find <laughs> out where all the wins are. W's I, I think cool. um, No, but Adam Schefter today, tune in today for, for something, for excitement and for hope. For, stop. You know, Stop. But four five seven nine four six four. 9464 if you want to jump in yeah, on the conversation, yeah, yeah. you can do so. A lot to get into coming up here in this third hour. I promise you we'll get to that Jared Hoyne conversation. Uh, again, he right, plays so in the KBO. Well, interesting about all the right, behind-the-scenes the well. stuff that kind of led to them coming back, so we're going to get to that around the corner as well. Also, keep in mind, some interesting news out of Oregon. Oregon governor announces uh, makes an announcement that is definitely going to impact Ohio State fans. And I know that's such a weird jump, but I'm telling you, uh, that is the case. Uh, before we do... Uh, go into that here in Hour 3. Let's do another call as we close it out. Let's go to Robert. Robert, how are
9: you? good. How about yourself?
2: Good. What's up, man?
9: Um, uh, I'm in uh, quarantine, so. Yeah.
2: In quarantine. There you go. <laughs> <laughs>
9: yeah.
2: How are you? Yeah. All right. What you got for
9: us? I, I guess I, I feel like I'm one of the fortunate ones because my son, he works for FedEx, and he has to go out there every day. And he better not stuff. have been
2: the one that delivered my bike today.
9: Well, he might have. So he said they said they dropped
2: it. They dropped it. I'm telling <laughs> you. No, I'm just giving yeah. a hard time. All right. <laughs>
9: yeah. But when you say people have a choice, you know, they can either work or not work. You know, Well, the people that are given work, they have to work. They don't have a choice. I mean, you either work or you file. When you go file for unemployment, you say, were well, you offered a job. Did you refuse work? If you refuse work, you don't get unemployment.
0: So these people have to work.
2: That that, that that You took that deeper than uh, I had uh, thought about it originally. I From that standpoint, I will uh, change my mindset a little. You are correct. I guess when I said no one's forcing you to go to work, if you have a job that you don't feel safe at, then find a different job, but it's not like jobs are growing on trees. That's why the unemployment is as high as it is. So I get it. I, there's a lot of angles at this, and I didn't mean to offend anybody with that comment, by the well, way. So, you
9: uh, know. I, I know you didn't, but, you know, it's just... I, I stick over for the people. I stick over for my son because he goes to work every day and he's looking at me like, you're not working. <laughs> 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 well, I'm sorry, dude. I just and that's why like close job. the
2: door on your way out. I'm trying to sleep, right? Like <laughs> <laughs>
9: yeah. But the thing is, you know, if I had the option, I probably would go back to work. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, but. Uh, no, I, you bring I, up a good point. So,
2: I, no, uh, when we say, you know, no one's forcing you to work. It's Maybe it's not a business or a person forcing you to work. It's circumstances forcing you to work because you can't just not work. You have to work, otherwise you don't get any money. So I get it from that perspective. So, yes, thank you for mentioning that. Okay, thank you. Hey, thank you. Take care, Robert. All right, now two in the books. You seem like you have something all lined up. Ready yeah, to
3: yeah. I just wanted to hit on this as well. I saw this in the Dayton Daily News. Um, Department of Jobs and Family Services created a tool for employers To report employees who quit or refuse to return to work in attempt to collect unemployment. So that's a real thing that's out there. And hey,
2: that's unemployment's fault for paying so well. Okay, I just (laughs) if if they would have continued paying what they were at the beginning, people would be itching to get back to work. Right. And I want to (laughs) know. In fact, they got so high that I was just waiting to get fired. Every time, every time my boss would walk by, like "Uh, Keith, did you say something? No. Oh. Like what 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 like man
3: what <laughs> companies are snitching on their employees though, man? That's what I wanna know. You know that the, would be so you know foul. About,
2: you know what they say about snitches? Facts. <laughs> All right, folks, hour three coming up, don't go anywhere.
0: The Last Dance, a 10-part documentary series on the Chicago Bulls dynasty of the 90s. Tune in Sunday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern on ESPN. Immediately following the broadcast, check out Jalen and Jacoby, The After Show, presented by AT&T for episode reaction, available wherever you enjoy your podcasts. Now, when you buy a new device, AT&T is offering fast, free, no-contact delivery and curbside pickup, along with a flexible return policy so that online shopping is as simple and safe as possible. Visit att.com to learn more. Subject to change, restrictions apply.
4: An auto policy from State Farm gets you collision coverage. And this radio ad from State Farm gets you coverage of this beloved 90s hit. I hit a car. I hit a car.
5: I hit a car. Ooh, baby. Ooh, baby. It's gonna be okay. It's gonna be okay. My agent's gonna help me. For more coverage, visit StateFarm.com.
1: Show live. ESPN Dayton Recent
2: statement from Oregon Governor will have major ramifications for Ducks-Buckeyes matchup in September, that's right. We welcome you back. It's the Justin Kinner Show, hour three, right here on Dayton's ESPN Radio Station, fourteen ten, wing AM. Happy Thursday. Hope all of you are having a great day. And uh, you know, it's you know, it's split reaction. I, I thought there would be more people upbeat and happy about you know the restaurants opening back up, and um, and I'm a little taken back about how upset this has actually made more people because there's a lot of people who are fearing returning to work. Like, and again, I'm not trying to start a uh, debate here or anything like that, but do you agree, disagree? The vibe I'm getting is very, like, it it's not as happy as I thought it was going to be when we found out that businesses would be
3: opening back up, and I, I was a little taken back by that. Yeah, time. man, people me. are still nervous. I mean, it's still a major question mark. Everybody has questions, and unfortunately, there aren't really too many answers outside of the same old, same old. Wash your hands, stay six feet apart, wear a mask. Like, this is like the common go-tos, but like, People want to go back to normal, but more importantly, people want to be safe when they go out to these places. Like, it ain't like they're going to be able to go out and go to the bar and hang out all night and have a great time. That's not going to happen. Like, don't so, remind me. <laughs> so, I still expect a lot of people to be ordering out, ordering takeout, ordering the food, and going straight home like they have been. Like, I don't, I don't see this big boom in people being at restaurants dining in like that. All seven nine four six
2: four. That's the number to call in. Join in on the conversation. Twitter at 1410kenner. Justin Kenner here. Kev Nash right there. You just heard from him. You can jump in on the conversation with us. So with that being said, you heard the headline to open things up that the uh, a recent statement from Oregon Governor we'll have major ramifications for Ducks Buckeyes matchup in September. Now with that being said, regardless of before this article came out, I had if you were going to if you had asked me on a scale of 1 to 10 how confident are you that the Buckeyes and the Oregon Ducks will go head to head in 2020, I would have given you a minus 1. I do not see Oregon and Ohio State. Oh, and it's easy to say that now based on these comments from the Oregon governor. Uh and that was my take before hearing this. I, look, it's going to be tough. It's and again, repeating a lot of stuff. It's going to be very tough to get a college football season in. There's just, there's a lot of hurdles. Now, luckily, there's plenty of time for all you people out there who irritated me to death when you kept saying who cares about that right now? It's freaking March. It's freaking April. Man, they should have been starting on this in January because that's how (laughs) long it's going to take to come up with all of these answers and all of these, you know, solutions to all the issues that are going to be coming up in the months to come when it comes to hopefully having a college football season. So with that being said, let's get to it. Um, This was interesting. Kate Brown, the Ohio governor said that large gatherings, including large sporting events will have to be canceled um, or modified for the foreseeable future. Now, now, I do believe it's an aggressive headline, mainly because modified means, you know, there no you know no live fans in attendance uh, at the games, which is, to be honest with you all, that's probably what's going to be the case for all sporting events for the rest of 2020. Yeah. Um, but again, she goes on to say that, you know, there is yeah, some difficult yeah. news to share. Large gatherings, including live sporting events with audiences, uh, you know, concerts, festivals, and conventions will not be able to return until we have a reliable treatment or prevention like a vaccine. With that being said, that's kind of a – I mean, you don't have to like it, but, uh, I mean, it is what it is. I mean, everything that's being done right there is for the safety precaution uh, of those around. Now, this headlines about Ohio State, Oregon, you know, it's going to impact that. I don't think it's happening anyways. I don't think you're going to see any non-conference matchups in 2020. Um, I'm, we talked about this at length yesterday about Notre Dame. I don't get – if you're a program like Notre Dame, I have no clue how you approach the 2020 season because right now – Notre Dame is what, 12 games? Notre Dame is on 12 different team schedules. They're not in a conference. And if all the conferences are going to slash their non conference opponents, Notre Dame is going to be the first opponent taken off every one of those teams' lists. Mm-hmm. They're in trouble. So I'm not that distraught by this news. I know a lot of Buckeye fans are losing their minds right now, and I've seen all the reaction on social media. I just don't think this article is that big of a deal. Because I think it was kind of a given. I think there's a lot of things that we know is going to play out a certain way. This
3: It's just starting to come out now, that's all. Yeah, it's pretty common sense that to know that not every area of the country is affected as bad as another. So if another area is badly affected, why on earth would you send an area that isn't that affected out there, play a football game, and then have them come back to so that you increase your chances of being infected, not only yourself, but the everybody else that's in the state. I think it's going to be a lot of conference, all conference games. Uh, we just going to have to deal with it. I, but to be fair, like when we say, oh, we're setting into these areas that are
2: impacted greatly. To be fair, the teams will be leaving, let's say Columbus, Ohio State. You're leaving Columbus together. You're going to be either in a charter, a bus, a plane, whatever you're in that plane would have been cleared for the team to get on to go there. Wherever they're going, before they even leave, they know that they're going somewhere that has been cleared for them to land and cleared for them to get from point A to point B. It's not as if it's, hey, everyone has separate flights. Hey, when are you flying in? Hey, when are you (laughs) flying in? Hey, what hotel did you get? Where are you staying? I I think we're being dramatic as far as that's concerned because, trust me, if there's a season... There's going to be solutions to those problems. There's going to be planes that are taken care of a certain way to make sure that they you know, are cleaned before they get on. Uh, the hotels or wherever they're going to be staying, there are going to be designated spots that is, you know, purposely cleaned and prepared for their arrival. Um, this areas of the school that they're going to be allowed in heading to the stadium it's going to be cleaned and prepped. I have a hard time believing that that should be what keeps this from happening because I think that's why Major League Baseball, I said, hey, we're going to be able to play in opposing teams' ballparks because there's a plan in place. There's a plan for how they're going to get from point A to point B. There's a plan for how they get off the plane and what hotels they're going to. They're not going to be, you know, hey, after the game, what bars are we going to tonight? Hey, let's go golf throughout the day. It's going to be a very boring time for these athletes before and during and after game, or before and after games, but that's, that part of the sacrifice they're sacrificing a lot as we talked about with the families but you know what i mean like i know what you're saying but i think people keep picturing this free-for-all of all these athletes just have different flights uh... they're all having to find their own room and board um... they're all going to be going clubbing and partying on It's not gonna be the case. I think it's gonna be a very controlled area that they're in. Not saying that they can't get it, but it's gonna be a very controlled
3: atmosphere wherever they're going, to be fair. I think that you're right, but still like those situations just
2: stop there. (laughs) Just stop there.
3: Like situations happen, like anything can happen, like like the whole being asymptomatic. If the running back for Oregon is asymptomatic and he's not showing any signs, but he still has COVID nineteen in his system. He he gets tackled 15 times and breathes on so-and-so, infects Ohio State cornerback, then he infects Ohio State linebacker, then he infects Ohio State kicker. Like, it's a domino effect because we don't know. Like, it's so many people that are asymptomatic. There's a guy in Dallas, Texas, who's had COVID-19 in his system for two months, and he keeps... He does the nasal test and it comes up negative, but he does the blood test and it comes up positive. He so, needs to
2: pull a Michael Jordan. He needs to
3: quit that. Uh, he needs to
2: quit that, man.
3: <laughs> so that's what I'm saying. Like we don't know.
2: Yeah, and that's fair. But to again, there's not going to be an answer to those. Like right? you can't 100% avoid it. So with that being said, I, I I don't know. I mean to sit there and say that there has to be a bulletproof plan. I I don't think that that's possible. It's right. not possible. You are correct. Um, and like I said I would not be surprised I will we see pros I'm very confident we will see a baseball game in 2020 I'm very confident there will be an NFL season um, because they get paid I am not confident as sad as this and I want it impacts our radio station if there's no Buckeye football this fall okay yes. let's be clear okay so with that being said I'm not like doing this just to get react I'm not confident for that reason that you just said right there. If they're going to take it, there's going to be precautions put in place. I know everyone wants to keep throwing out all these what ifs. Those what ifs are also being asked by the the people who are in charge of putting out a plan to make sure that those what ifs are addressed. And with that being, and I say that a lot. With that being said, <laughs> damn it! Now someone pointed that out, and now I notice it when I say it. It irritates the hell out of me. Uh, with that being said, um, I just think that they're going to address those issues, and I still think that no matter what, you're not going to be able to come up with a bulletproof plan. But do you make athletes sign waivers? Do you make them say, "Hey, because we need to also." I know I sound like I'm anti-athlete, but I think that we talk about these guys as if they're being forced to do things. It's no different than the workforce or whatever. Like, I, I still think that there could be new legal documentation added into what's already being a part of what they have to sign to be a student-athlete to begin with. Do you have them sign a waiver saying, hey, here are the risks involved? You know, you could sound like one of those infomercials, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, what I mean? here are the risks involved. Um, here's what we're doing to prevent to do our best to prevent you from getting the coronavirus but there are risks there is still a chance you can get it by signing on this dot di- and again i don't know the legal ramifications of this but is that possible that they that they can add something like that into it that you by signing on this line you cannot return sue us because you know the ramifications for participating in this type of uh... you know extracurricular activity as they like to call it
3: <laughs> i don't think anybody would sign
2: that. i disagree these athletes want to play He's like, I'm not saying that not every athlete will sign it, but I believe the majority of the athletes would play. These athletes are itching. You know, we're acting like it's just the fans that want it. These athletes are panicking, too. They want to play. If you had a son or a daughter, would you allow them to sign it? If my son was in college, I'd say, you're an adult. You've got to make your own decision. I was an adult when I was in college. These kids are, these kids, these athletes are adults, too. Why is an 18-year-old Justin Kenner, non-student athlete, an adult at 18, but 18-year-old quarterback at Alabama is a kid? Like we need to stop that. Like they're an adult. They want to sign. They could sign. How many bad decisions do you make at 25? Oh, they all came at 22, 21, 20. Actually, 20 was a bad year. <laughs> 20 was a really bad year. Really, really, oh, to the 20s. 20 was a, <laughs> 20 was not a good year. 21 was the up. You know, I was on the up as, as far as that's concerned. <laughs> Do things legally at 21. Oh, goodness. <laughs> you know? so there's, not even <laughs> going there with you. Oh, my goodness. With that being said, there's that again. But you know what I mean? Like, I, I don't know. But I don't know. They're not getting paid. That's why I still think it's tough for, you know, I don't see college sports. Uh, it's going to be a bumpy road to get that to happen. Pro sports, though, I really don't... I, I, football will happen. I'm very confident that there will be an NFL season. They they are grown-ass adults at that point. Yeah. They know the risks at that
3: point. And they're, and they're being paid. They're being paid, yeah. So when you're somebody that can, can be paid, then you can pull out that paperwork to say, hey, you're not going to sue us, right? But, but like, why can't you?
2: Hey, if you can... Sign a scholarship, you know, sign on the dotted line for a scholarship. One of the bullet points on the outline of the scholarship is, with this scholarship comes this. With this scholarship, the SF, athletic scholarship comes the, you know, the idea that you know what you're getting yourself into. That hey, there is a chance you can get sick by participating in football or basketball or any sport out there. And that's the thing too. Will there be other sports? Or are we just going to make an exception for the money makers?
3: Which oh, definitely always make exceptions for the money makers. We see what this is about. Just as the SEC, as James Franklin at Penn State, like, they're all steam ahead with this football thing like i mean i love football just like everybody else i want to see the buckeyes compete for a national championship like everybody else i want to see tuesday night mac action like everybody else i'm just not why watch tuesday night mac action when you can watch the buckeyes on saturday
2: it's basically you get the buckeyes (laughs) and action all at the same time (laughs) oh
3: goodness those are facts it's not a lie i mean (laughs) how many back schools did ohio state play last year I'm not sure of that. I think they're the Mac champions. Oh, goodness. Let me pull up Ohio State's schedule real quick. Miami of
2: Ohio. That was brutal. Oh, okay. Yeah, that was the one. Yeah. And see, and really, I don't have an issue. Like, every team plays those suspect teams on their schedule. But what I got tired of was the, the Buckeye homers at the end of the year that were saying, you know what? That Miami of Ohio game doesn't look so bad all of a sudden, you know. That that's a conference champion. That's, Get out of here! <laughs> if bro. you're trying to use the Buckeye should be in the playoff. They beat a conference champion. Oh, what conference? The MAC. Oh well, gee, let's just give them a bye all the way to the national championship game. They beat the freaking net the
3: MAC champions. Give me a break. Yeah, they only played one MAC school last year. Huh? They only played one MAC school. They last played year. the MAC school last yeah, year. Yes, the <laughs> MAC
2: school. The MAC champs. All right. Yeah. More of the Justin Kinner show when we come back. Don't go anywhere. We're gonna talk with Jared Hoing, Fort uh Fort Laramie. Plays in the of course the Korean baseball organization. He's gonna join us now.
1: Justin Kinner Show, right here on ESPN Date, fourteen ten wing AM. I'm having a good day. You having a good day? Solid. Solid. You know who's not having a good day? Who that?
2: Earl Thomas. Oh goodness. You know who also ain't having a good day? His brother. <laughs> His wife brother side chicks lots of side chicks <laughs> he had a whole bed full of side chicks and his naked brother Bruh. the weirdest story wife of ravens real thomas arrested for confronting him with a loaded gun because real thomas and his brother were staying at a BnB and b and had some company with them. and they all just happened to be naked in bed together so him and his brother naked in bed together with all the women. Wife shows up, points to load of gun at him. She's arrested. He comes out today and says that everyone needs to be sympathetic and, you know, sensitive to this, that, you know, things like this happen all the time, that we need to be praying for. First of all, buddy, no, that <laughs> stuff does not happen all the time. If you're talking about the, the cheating part, yeah, fine, you know, lot, cheating happens all the time. But the whole you being naked with your brother thing, that... That, that, that's weird. Very weird. Now um, you acting like that ain't no big. that you boy, you know, like that, like <laughs> it happens all the time. <laughs> sweet dude Don't worry about it, man. And like cool. maybe in his world it does. Maybe this ain't the first time that it's happened. Maybe obviously that's, not.
3: <laughs> I don't know who his agent is, who his reps are, but yo, stop talking like athletes. When you get in trouble, deny, let, deny, deny. No, don't don't <laughs> deny. Don't talk. <laughs> Just let the people that you pay a lot of money to do the talking. Like, why are you talking? We shouldn't be hearing from you. Let your lawyers do all the talking and let them set up a situation that you and your wife can do a press conference together or something like dude well, it's kind of hard to do a press conference talking. together she's behind bars yeah like I don't know why she shouldn't have been arrested bro. like look man she pointed
2: she, she pointed a loaded gun at him though. man she, dude she, she, she should
3: have sh- pointed a camera at him
2: and then just exposed him that way and said here's him with naked with his brother <laughs> and these chicks
3: man he stepped out on her during a pandemic and he's in bed with his brother bucket naked I'm oh. with her
2: yeah, you can't just point a gun at people. I mean, <laughs> and I'm not saying that's what you're making an argument for, uh, but she should be behind bars, but he he should be hiding too. He, he oof, That's a weird story, man. How, how are you going to step foot back in the locker room and look your teammates in the <laughs> eye? Like, how is anyone going to look at you in the eye again and take you serious at all?
3: Not going to be so easy. All right, Justin Kenner, Kevin
2: Ashworth here on 1410 ESPN Radio. Tonight, it's the NFL schedule release uh, special. NFL Network announced theirs earlier in the week. ESPN countered with a three-hour special of their own. Uh, so there'll be plenty of NFL coverage tonight, uh, and I'm excited for it. Look, we know who, which we covered, which opponents were on the Browns' schedule and the Bengals' schedule. I'm still predicting uh, the Browns and the Cowboys on Thanksgiving Day. I still think that that's uh, that's going to be thing. Either the Cowboys and the Steelers on Thanksgiving Day, which is still that's a pretty cool matchup on Thanksgiving Day. Uh, but I believe it's going to be Cowboys Browns.
3: And this is the. Kinner
2: Bowl Bowl. the Kinner Bowl because people are right people rip me all the time you can't be a Browns fan and a Bengals fan Uh, Stephen A. Smith a a Browns fan and a Bengals you can't be a Browns fan and a Bengals fan or a Browns fan and a Cowboys fan so if they meet up on Thanksgiving Day Browns and Cowboys it will be the Kinner Bowl and the winner of the Kinner Bowl on Thanksgiving Day between the Browns and the Cowboys if that's the matchup on Thanksgiving Day my allegiance will fall with the winner fair enough pulling for a tie though (laughs) <laughs> Pulling if if a tie happens, it's pretty that, that makes it pretty damn easy at that point. Aye aye. aye. Okay. With that being said. I said it again. There it is. Every time. All right. Uh, earlier today, Jared Hoing again. He joined me on 1410 Wing Live. He discussed uh, what it was, what it's like playing in the KBO, one of the first sports leagues to return to action since the pandemic uh, really kind of took the world over. I mean, obviously, it's been around since late, late last year, but really in March is when it really kind of hit everywhere, you know, really hard. With that being said, it's a it's a situation where we were talking about, hey, when they made the decision to return. How do they prep for the return? Uh, what kind of things did Jared Hoing have to do uh, to be cleared to play? His teammates. What happens if you you know test positive for the virus? How often are they tested for the virus? These are important questions because what they're doing is the blue what they're doing in Korea is the blueprint for what Major League Baseball is going to have to follow if they want uh, to play in 2020. Here's my conversation earlier today with Jared Hoing on 1410 Wing Live everyone a little bit of background information about your time at Fort Laramie. You know, you
10: went to Toledo. I just give everyone a little bit of background information about yourself. Oh boy, just a small town kid from Fort Laramie. I uh, just grew up in the country, loved playing baseball. Um, you know, played at Fort Laramie for four years, won a state championship in 2007. Um, so that was pretty awesome. They went on to Toledo for three years. Um, they got drafted in 2010 by the Texas Rangers in the 10th round and been playing ball ever since. That's interesting. Now you you didn't go to Korea until about 2018, correct? Correct. Yeah, my
2: first year over here was uh, 2018. What well, was it about? I mean, when you now you kind of ha- you went back and forth a lot between the Rangers and the Miners. You were you know you would go back and forth a lot, but you got to get some major at bats too, though, with the Rangers, which is pretty. Neat. You got to play in the playoffs as well. Before we get to your time in Korea, just talk about your journey. How was that a frustrating time being bounced back and forth, or was it still a dream come true playing at that level?
10: Uh, you know, at first, it was a dream come true, obviously. Um, you know, it's every kid's dream to get to the big leagues. Um, so my time there was awesome. Um, you know, after you bounce up and down, you kind of know what your role is. Um, then you kind of get labeled as kind of a, a 4A player. And, you know, you, you might have a month in AAA. You might have a month in the big leagues and vice versa. And you just, you never know where you're going to live. And, um, you know, getting the opportunity to play baseball every day over in Korea um seemed strange uh, at the time, but now it's the best decision I've ever made. You know, it's interesting right now with everything going on, you know, here
2: uh, in the States, we're, we don't know if there's gonna be baseball here in 2020. And you guys are the first professional sports league at all, not just baseball, but professional sports league at all that has officially you know, come back since this pandemic started. When, with where we're at right now here, we're talking about, man, all these different things that are gonna have to happen for Major League Baseball to resume. You guys were at that stage not too long ago. Where are where are we at right now compared to where you guys are as far as being ready to play here? Uh,
10: I feel like it's starting to die down in the States. You know, obviously I'm over here, so I don't know too much. But, um, you know, the biggest difference is the United States is so big. Um, Korea is the size of Indiana, so you can kind of keep your teams in a bubble, so to speak. Um, you know, we're, we travel by bus everywhere, so we don't have to fly. Um So you can kind of stay in a little bit more of a bubble, I feel like, here. We're in the States. You know, you can find cross-country. There's a lot of moving parts. Um, So I don't know what the heck they're going to have planned, but hopefully they have something figured out. When you decided to go play professionally in Korea a few years ago, what was it about this league that sold you uh, that this was a great opportunity for you to go and continue your professional baseball career? I had a lot of old teammates that uh, came over here absolutely loved it. Um, Josh Lindblum included Um, He signed with the Brewers in the offseason. He kind of encouraged me to come over here. And, um, you know, the biggest thing is, you know, obviously playing every day, uh, but a great opportunity to take care of my family. Um, You know, you're talking about guaranteed contracts and a lot of money to keep playing baseball. So, uh, you know, it's kind of a no-brainer. Is your family with you in Korea? Do they go with you and stay during the season, or how does that work? Normally they do. Uh, Right now they're back at home in Fort Laramie. Uh, we're trying to get them over here. Hopefully, here in a couple weeks. Uh, like I said, everything's died down here, coronavirus-wise. Uh, the biggest, hardest parts was flights. You know, obviously there's not many flights going to and from, so we just kind of got planned around that. And hopefully, it just dies down even farther um, in the states as many days as we go. It's pretty cool that the KBO games
2: are being aired on ESPN here. Uh, I know some of them, you know, we talked about the hour difference. A lot of those games are being aired, you know, overnight, 3 a.m. here, uh, but are being replayed throughout the day on ESPN. So it's pretty cool to get a chance to see that. It's the first opportunity for Americans to be able to see what a live sporting event is going to look like post-coronavirus, post-COVID-19. You as a player, though, what was? Explain what the league was like before this hit. How you know? Because it's a very festive atmosphere at games in Korea. You guys have cheerleaders. It's a little bit different than baseball here in
10: the states. Uh, it's it's completely different. I mean, it really is. Um, you know, World Cup soccer crowd jammed in, into a stadium that holds maybe twenty thousand, fifteen, twenty thousand people. Um, they got cheerleaders, like I said, dancing on the dugout. Um, you know, beers cheap, food's cheap. People people pack the stands. Uh, They're cheering the whole time. You know, you can be down 10 runs and somebody gets a base hit and the whole crowd is still there cheering along with you. So it's a very festive atmosphere and that's the best part about uh, the KBO. And hopefully on these games, um, on ESPN they start letting fans in so then people from back home can see how awesome these fans are in Korea. Absolutely. Now with that being said, you, you were used to what the atmospheres were
2: like before this. Uh, what precautions were put in place to allow you guys to be able to come back? Obviously no fans in the stands, but are, are you being, have you been tested? How often do you guys get tested? Or is it just for if you start feeling symptoms? What is that process like? Because that's the big question here is, well, you know, how often will tests be you know, done? Will they? How
10: many tests will they even have available to them? What's that process like for you guys? Uh, so basically when we flew over here, um, I think it was late March, um, we immediately went from the airport, and went straight to the clinic to get tested. Um, so we got tested, and then we had to do a two-week quarantine. Um, even though we had a, a negative test, we had to stay in our apartments for two weeks. Um, so that was probably the hardest thing I've ever done—just sitting there by myself, trying to keep busy in a small apartment in a foreign country. Um, so that was super hard. And then every day they check our temperature. Uh, when we get to the ballpark, they check our tem- temperature, and then when we leave, they check it again. And this is everybody that walks into the stadium: um, players, coaches, trainers, um, you know, field staff. Anybody gets their temperature checked. Um, you know, they really encourage to wear masks, um, so that's kind of caught on very well here. You know, everybody just kind of wears the masks. Um, it's hard to do. I don't like wearing the dang things, but it's, you know, it keeps us to be able to play baseball, and so be it. Absolutely. And we have Jared Hoying with us here play baseball at Fort Laramie uh, here
2: not too far north from where we are at. Uh, you were, you know played at Toledo. You were drafted by the Rangers in 2010. Went back and forth between the main roster and the Miners until about 2018 when you decided to go play for the KBO. With that being said, I mentioned the atmosphere at these games. Now we're talking about how fans are going to feel watching games with no fans in attendance. How is it as a player when you talked about how great that atmosphere is and you hope that one day we get to see what that atmosphere is. How different is it when you walk out there and there's no fans? How quiet is it? Just what's that feel like?
10: It's it's really weird. Um, you can hear a pin drop sometimes throughout the stadium. Um, you know, you're so competitive. So when you're at bat or you're playing defense, you're locked in for that pitch. And then you uh, you, know, you kind of stare around the crowd, you drift around, but uh, there's no crowd to look at. So that makes it a little hard. And it's hard to get that adrenaline rush from the, stands, the fans cheering in the stands. So, uh, you know, I kind of always count on that extra gear I call it I can get from the fans. But uh, not having that, I'm trying to have to dig deep a little little bit to find some extra momentum and extra adrenaline. So, I mean, and that's tough, too.
2: So, like, you guys, I mean, you talk about how you watch what you say. I'm sure everything can be picked up. I mean, it's funny you hear about Major League Baseball, the big sign-stealing scandal that happened last year. I mean, they're having to bang on trash cans to be able to – it would be a lot easier to do that now in these lighter stadiums, I tell you that
10: absolutely like I said you got to watch what you say out there i'm a pretty competitive guy um you know it's a big crowd you can kind of yell at whatever you want but here you kind of got to watch what you say did you ever think when you were playing at fort laurie that you'd be able to
2: continue your baseball career this long and to play at the level that you have
10: oh boy i you know playing ball i never looked ahead i just like playing so much i just took one step at a time and kind of one day at a time and, uh, you know, now it's my 11th season playing professionally, and it's kind of surreal. Um, thinking about it, looking back, how far I've come from my time at Fort Lauderdale and even Toledo. Um, but I still continue that philosophy, just kind of one day at a time, and you never know where this game's going to take you. Uh, you know, when you talk about, you know, your old high school, how often do you, I mean, you're playing during their baseball season at
2: times, too. Do you get back to any games at all? I mean, now with technology, I'm sure it's pretty easy to find games when the
10: season's going on, of course. Yeah, luckily, technology is great. You know, I keep track of um, all the sports at Fort Laramie. It's a really small town, tight-knit community. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I listen as much as I can. A couple years ago when they won state um, in 2018, I believe, yeah, they won state. Um, it worked out great. They had an 11 o'clock game, I think, and I was listening in the hotel room. Um, it was just awesome. I had goosebumps all over. It reminded me of 2007. So uh, thank goodness for technology. It really is an amazing thing. All right, Jared Hoying with us here, played baseball at Fort Laramie, now playing in the KBO for
2: the, and I mispronounced the name. How is it? It's not Hanwha. What, what's the name of your team?
10: <laughs> it's Honowa. Everybody says Hanwha. I could be saying it wrong here too, but, yeah, we call it the Honowa Eagles. Now, you have a translator, correct? I heard an interview that you did with uh, with Michael Hearn uh, just
2: last week or week before. I heard you say that you have, a, you have a translator there.
10: Yeah, yeah, he's with me all the time, in the dugout, anytime I'm at the field. Um, if I need to order something, he orders it for me. Um, so he takes care of me. He's my right-hand man here. Um, I rely on him a lot. And Without a translator, it would be impossible. Um, it's just the language barrier is that hard. And uh, So, yeah, thank goodness for him. With not being able to speak you know, the same language as the majority of your teammates that make it difficult to form relationships with them, we always
2: talk about how difficult that could be for foreign players in our country. I'm curious, you're getting to experience the opposite of that. How difficult is it to form relationships with your teammates in that regard?
10: It's really hard, you know, you, you wanna have conversations with them, you wanna go out to eat with the guys and hang out, but um, just the language barrier is so hard. So a lot of non-verbal communication, um, you know, you still pick on each other and joke around in the clubhouse and in the dugout, you know, you find ways to do that. But, um, you know, some of these really good guys here, you wanna take it to the next level and, you know, really get to know these guys personally, but it's just, it's dang near impossible. All right, Jared, last thing is we let you go. You have played in the major leagues and you're playing professionally over there. To go back
2: to what we discussed earlier, with all the roadblocks in the way for what potentially keeping Major League Baseball from resuming or even starting a season in 2020, what's the number one obstacle you think is going to keep that from happening? You mentioned for Korea it's a little bit easier because of how confined everything is uh, for all the team is it the, how, you know, the travel for for the Major League Baseball teams? I mean, there's an idea that was put out there about them potentially all playing in Arizona, kind of replicating what problem led to you guys being able to come back to play just playing in a much tighter
10: space. Yeah, you know, the logistics of it are going to be really hard. And uh, another, my thought on this thing too in the States, you got half the guys that are making a lot of money, you know, over 10, 20, $100 million, $200 million. Um, you know, time away from their families. Is going to be tough for them. So half the league isn't going to want to spend time away from their families, and the other half is going to need the money. Um, you know, guys Triple A and guys that are bouncing up and down. You know, guys with maybe a one year service time. You know, they really count on those paychecks. They're not not getting those paychecks right now, so they really want to ramp this league up and um, do whatever they can to get playing baseball again. So I feel like that might be the toughest part. Is the players might be split fifty fifty on. Who wants to do some drastic measures just to get playing, and who doesn't? So I don't know. It's curious to watch. I'm just thankful I'm playing baseball right now. Yeah, and the players' union in Major League
2: Baseball is very tight too. But at some point, the players' union is going to have to decide which side of the players that they're going to more want to heavily represent because the star, the superstars
10: of Major League Baseball, their their opinions are going to carry more weight than the middle of the line guys' in their opinion. Do you, do you think that's the case? absolutely i really do think that's the case i know if i was in that that position um you know if i'd be in the in triple a right now or you know like i said bouncing up and down and not getting those paychecks it's you know you got a mortgage you got kids um you got going on so uh you know it's easy to say well i want everything to be perfect if you're making a hundred million dollars but when you're not making that you know you're only good at one thing so playing baseball set it's uh it's actually some real world problems Yeah,
2: the minor league season has not officially been canceled, I don't believe. I know there were some reports that came out a few weeks ago, and then minor league baseball came out. How difficult, think about what you go through when you were playing in the minors, how important it was developmentally. If an entire season for minor league baseball is taken away, how much damage does that do in regards to the progression for a lot of these players who are on a step-by-step journey to try to get into the majors?
10: It's huge. I was a late bloomer. I didn't get to the big leagues until I was 26. And um, you know, if I was in Double A AA or Triple A, knocking on the door, um, you're kind of slowly making your way up, all the way through the ranks, and to have a season cut short, well, all of a sudden you lose a year, but that also means you're a year older without playing baseball. Now all of a sudden you got a crop of rookies coming in or hot prospects they want to keep around. They got a little more money invested in them. Um, you just never know. You might get to a point where they might say, "Well, you're just too old. Sorry about it." um so there's a lot of underlying factors through all this that it's you know high school seniors aren't going to play their senior year and some guys it might be it for them just because of this dang virus last thing this will be the last thing but you talked about your family how you're still
2: working and efforting to get them you know to be able to come to you that's the other realistic possibility of this is a lot of the major league baseball players they would be away from their families for potentially four and a half months Obviously, every player out there is going to say they want to be with their families, but how much is that going to play into a factor of, hey, if these players, all of these players can't have their families with them, that's a big
10: deal. You being a family man yourself obviously can attest to that. It's a huge deal. You know, baseball is hard enough. You know, it's a mental grind the way it is. It's such a mental game. And when you're by yourself and you're sitting in a hotel room by yourself, your mind kind of wanders. Um, Family keeps us all grounded. Family is what we play for. Um, that's everything to all of us have, wives and kids, and um, you know, not having that support system. It makes things really hard. All right. Now, you guys just won tonight. When's your, or yeah, tonight for you, this morning
2: for us, but when's your next game? And kind of uh, tell us a little bit about your team. I mean, if we ever have a chance to see your team on ESPN, uh, just give us a little bit of background about your team and kind of where you guys fall into the thick of things.
10: Yeah, my first year here, we had a really good team. Um, we had a lot of speed, a lot of power, some good pitching, a uh, great bullpen. Last year, a um, little rough year, um, probably put too much pressure on ourselves as a team. Uh, we had some injuries. We lost our shortstop and center fielder. Um, so anytime you lose guys up in the middle, it's tough. And here, you have the depth. Um, so if somebody, one of your main players gets hurt, they might get replaced with a 20-year-old um, who is, you know, not very seasoned to say the least so um, we got everybody, everybody healthy this year um, like I said we won two games um, two out of three so far and we look pretty good swinging the bats pretty well getting some good pitching so uh, I, I think we'll be alright this year you know the league everybody picks us um, to finish last in the league um, I wouldn't be surprised if we finish in the top five and make the playoffs this year very nice. I like the optimism there. Uh, Tony
2: Barhorst, uh, he, he messages and he wants to know what your walk-up music is, and how do the fans react to your home runs? Because he said there was an interesting way that they react to your home runs.
10: They, uh, Like I said, they they got some little Korean dance and song. Um, I, I don't know the words. I just hear Jared Hoying <laughs> a couple times. Um, but yeah, when I hit a home run, they go absolutely bonkers in the stands, and that's, that's some of the best things about the KBO, and Those are probably some of the better memories I have when this is all done someday. All right. Well, Jared, thank you so much, man, for taking time and just giving us a little bit of background information
2: about the KBO because a lot of people, you know, I do an afternoon show here in Dayton and we're always asking people all the time, how are you going to watch? I know you're not familiar with the league, but will you watch? You're one reason why a lot of people will start watching here locally. uh, But I was curious about the league. bat flips, that's another conversation that people have all the time. That's disrespectful in the eyes of most in Major League Baseball. And over there, that's part of the fun
10: of the game. Oh it's encouraged over here. it's awesome i I can't do a bat flip. They always want me to do it but um, by the time I do hit a home run I you know I'm busy watching the ball. I don't even think about flipping the bat. so uh, maybe one of these days I'll do a bat flip and surprise everybody but it's just part of you know guys will take a good swing and pop the ball straight in the air and they'll still bat flip you know just part of their finish of their swing um, so it's it's I love it, it there's no disrespect about it. Um, it's just part of the game of what makes it fun. All right, Jared, I'm going to leave you alone. I appreciate your time. Thank you so much. This was great. I appreciate
2: the background information, and I uh, hope you're safe and you're healthy, and the uh, same thing for your family, and hope you guys can
1: reunite here soon.
10: Hey, I appreciate it, Justin. Thanks again. Take care.
1: Right here on ESPN Dayton, 1410 Wing
2: AM. All right, everybody, welcome back. Thank you for hanging out with us here this afternoon. It's been the Justin Kinner Show on Dayton's ESPN radio station, 1410. Wing A. M. every afternoon. I hang out with myself, Mr. Kev Nash. Hey, 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 Kev Nash, right? That is are I. You, are you, Kev Washington, or Kev Nash over here? I'm both. You Kev <laughs> Nash. Nash, you just Kev.
3: I'm a, just yeah, just you know, Kev. we try to make it simple, but you know, I'm a difficult person sometimes.
2: NFL schedule released tonight. I mean, I don't know if you've even paid attention to what matchups are. I'm only excited. I don't care about everyone else's schedule. I I am interested in. The primetime games that the Bengals get, because I think that that was one of the other things that followed that. Look, that was the – people forget when they were making the playoffs five straight years. There was a certain point where the reason that when they were making the playoffs that the Bengals weren't getting respect was because people still weren't buying into them because although they were winning their nine, ten games a year – Two to three of those six losses would be the Monday night football games, Mm -hmm. the Sunday night football games, the Thursday night. They couldn't win in primetime. That was the Bengals' biggest issue. Um, And, and, you know, we forgot about that narrative. You know, we we took away, out of the five straight playoffs, the only narrative that we took with them was, oh, they couldn't win in the playoffs. But we forgot that it wasn't just the playoffs. It was those big games. It was the primetime games. They couldn't win in primetime. They couldn't win in the playoffs. Then they lost for four straight years. We forgot about that. We're going to find out tonight. Joe Burrow is going to... The Bengals will get... They didn't have any prime time last year. And I think every team gets like one. You get your yeah. one a year. So, th- yes, they did. But what I mean is, they weren't prime time. No one was lining up to watch the Bengals last year. Joe Burrow is going to make them prime time, as we learned with Baker Mayfield and the Browns last year. I'm just curious, are they ready for that? Joe Burrow is... Every time the LSU Tigers had a big-time game and you were waiting for him to fall flat on his face, the bigger the game, the bigger Joe Burrow played. That is why I'm That's why I'm buying in to the Bengals ability to be able to kind of change the narrative a bit is because they're going to go as he goes and he, the the moment never got to him. I mean, you remember that remember we we're at uh, we were doing our Buckeye pregame and before that LSU and Oklahoma was on. It was unbelievable. He I mean, there was no nerves. I mean, mm-hmm. he literally had like over what 400 yards in the first half. Yep. I mean, it was embarrassing how good he was. The moment is never too big for him. The national championship game against Clemson, the moment was not too big for him. He performed. He outperformed Trevor Lawrence. He outperformed everyone else. I, I just think that I'm curious about the Bengals' prime time games because I think Joe Burrow is going to be Joe Money come that time. I'm excited for that.
3: I'm ready. I'm ready to see what the potential game is going to be. I want to see what's going to be the Steelers' line of the games because that's when you can really do your W's and L's. And that type of stuff, you know, I'm here for it. I'll watch it. I mean, there's nothing else to watch. Joe Burrow versus Baker Mayfield.
2: Monday night football, Sunday night football. Do we see that this year? No. See, I, I think that's, a, that's another money matchup. Baker versus Burrow is going to be big for a long time. That's if Baker has a big 2020. I
3: think like the Baker stuff is going be, to be like that Cowboys game, for like, like you said, for Thanksgiving. Uh Baker versus Lamar Monday night situation I think you'll see Brown's Steelers Monday night think, oh you gonna I think you get that Sunday night No, you go okay, you get that Sunday will that be at Pittsburgh or at Cleveland Cleveland where, where was that at where was, was that the the incident was in Cleveland it was in Cleveland
2: okay, so you think the return game Pittsburgh back to Cleveland okay I could see that so one of these matchups will happen I mean there's three predictions I have for tonight. Cowboys, Browns, Thanksgiving Day. Yes, I think that's in the bag. That, that, I, I'm predicting that. I'm predicting Browns-Steelers Sunday night football, which I'm cheating because you got me to say Sunday night. <laughs> and I'm predicting Browns-Bengals Monday night football. I'm predicting
3: those three. Maybe they'll give them that. Man, that's Thursday a lot of Browns love. Game. That's
2: too much Browns no, love.
3: it's not. It's not. It's not. A, it's not a lot of Browns love. It's, it's fair because of the star power that's on the team, like the names and all the organizational changes, and that's what they want to sell. Like you want to sell the big names and get people all amped up. And there's no other fan base that gets as crazy as the Browns fan base, especially when they think they have a chance. Well, so difference is this year. We oh, know okay. we have a chance. No, we'll we pull up some of that so, audio from last year. Hey, you know what? <laughs>
2: I already admitted I was wrong. All right. But that's because you had okay. by the kitchens. So okay. Alright, last one more time. Cowboys uh, Cowboys Browns on Thanksgiving Day. I'm yes. predicting that matchup. I'm predicting Cowboy- or I'm predicting Browns and Steelers on Sunday night football and I'm predicting Browns and Bengals on Monday night football. Um, at some point throughout the season. And I think you could interchange one of those with the Thursday night as well, although
3: I hope not. Um, I, I think yeah, that, I think that Browns-Bengals is going to be a Thursday night.
2: I'm telling you right now, both teams are on the path. Browns-Bengals is about to be the next big rivalry in the NFL. It it's, has all the makings of it. I'm, no, I'm not trying to be funny. I'm being serious and that's a great thing. It's a great thing for around here. It's a great thing for the NFL. It's a great thing for the AFC North. Baker versus Burrow, like the Browns and Bengals, they're both franchises that have I can't remember in my lifetime a time where both were good at the same time. I can't wait. And I think that if both are, you know, moving in the right direction at the same time, <coughs> Oh, that means we got to go. <laughs> all right, folks, that's all we have. All right, Browns, Cowboys, Thanksgiving Day, Steelers, Browns, Sunday Night Football, Browns, Bengals, Monday Night Football. That's all we have for you. Kevin Nash, Justin Kinner. This has been the Justin Kinner Show on 1410 ESPN Radio. Go, Browns.
8: Peace.